excited. I forgot what How I was going to say. How excited are you? How excited are you? <laughs> Good job, Melissa. All right, uh, moving on. Yeah. Topic time. We're knows. recreated. <laughs> and here's what I've been telling people, and I think we should name this the podcast. Wait. Although I feel bad for other... Can we name this the episode or the podcast? Yeah, yeah this episode oh, okay, cool. of the podcast. Okay, cool. I got ahead of myself because of the excitement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, I'm going to offend every other male guest that's ever been on <laughs> because I feel like tonight should be like the hair guys because everybody in in the place tonight has great hair. I wouldn't know that. Great oh, hair. I knew it. I knew it. See? I saw a lump on the back. Yes. <laughs> so Lucas, who's one of our guests, Lucas Hamilton... Um, another genius, so I'm going to try not to look <laughs> stupid tonight, but he's got great hair. <laughs> no pressure. And then Jamie and Keith, I feel like you should do like a hair... A hair off. Pick. Oh. For everybody to see how great everybody's hair Maybe, is. maybe we will. I saw much good No way. said no. Let's not anyway. call it the hair episode. <laughs> We're glad you're here to hear us. Okay. Oh my so. gosh. <laughs> this is how we roll. So I'm Melissa... What are your guys' names? Tell them I'm, your names. I'm Jamie. Yeah, I'm Keith. And yeah. then we have... Lucas. Yay! Lucas. Welcome, Lucas. So tonight's also fun because it's the first time we're just going to be totally on the fly with our to- our topic. Like maybe between yeah, we this sentence and the next, we'll figure it out, but I don't know. Yeah, I think Keith's got something brewing. Okay. But All you're right. right. It was totally on the fly. So, so. hold on a second and you're going to hear some super awesome stuff that we didn't know we were going to say. You're welcome. Okay, you had a thing. Yeah, so I'm I've been pondering John a lot. Uh John five. I know that's where Scott's taught teaching, mm. so it's kinda interesting. There's this verse, John five nineteen. I think I've read it. Well, you probably have. Maybe recently. Anyway, we'll see where it goes. Five nineteen. Jesus is responding to the accusation from the Pharisees about breaking the Sabbath. Mm. So it says the Jews in eighteen. Therefore, the Jews sought for to kill him because not only had he broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his Father, making himself equal with God. And Jesus answers and says, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, for whatever things he does, these also do the Son likewise. And I've sat with people over the years, and I don't always know how to handle this conversation uh, I hear the comment, well, I, I'm not Jesus. I can't do what Jesus did. And I read this verse, and I see a pattern that Jesus is, he's proclaiming it about himself, and definitely Jesus is unique. I'm not saying any of us is Jesus or God. Don't hear me saying that. What I'm, what I'm asking is, is this knowing of the Father, the key to the doing? Talk about a big question. <laughs> He's full of those. Yeah, he is. And if you're, if you, yes, I, I guess it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big topic. Uh, but I hear a lot of people wrestle with whether they can ever uh, attain to some of Jesus's behaviors. 
and they disqualify themselves because they know their own frailties, and don't we all? Uh, I'm definitely guilty of it. But the thing, when I read these and how the Spirit just pokes me all the time on this topic is if you just know me better, if you spend the time with me and you know me and you see what I do and you pattern after what you see me doing out of that relationship, you'll never have to worry about doing the thing that Jesus does. You'll just do it because you're my son and I'm your father and we're building a relationship and you do. Is is that legitimate? Is that a... I don't... It must be. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much grace I should be extending to all of us who want to make excuses for, if I could say it that way, for our weaknesses. Do you have a thought? I do have a thought. I got lots of thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) My first thought, as you were reading, I thought of two circles. So one father, one son. Mm -hmm. And as you continue the verse uh, at the end, so the son does likewise. I think those were last. And so this like this perfect overlap. Yep. Right? Yeah, yeah. So if absolutely. we're striving for that perfect overlap, what is the thing that pushes us a circle closer? Yeah. What was your question? It's does the knowledge of God, does knowing God do bring that. us closer to the behavior? Yes. Right? So mm. I think I think the knowledge and the behavior, those are the two circles. So how do we push or wait? Our th- behavior and God's behavior are the two circles. The right. knowledge is what's that driving the, force. Not though. so much knowledge, the knowing. The relationship. Yeah. 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 Right. Because if, I mean, let's, well, let me say, let me say it differently. Let's make sure we use knowledge the right way. Or we all understand why, how we're using knowledge. I not guess last acad- week really got me. academic right. sense. Yes. Right. The, More in the relational, the relational experiential. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Last week we had a... That one really got me last week with the the um, what was that about the topic of uh, um, oh, yeah. God's need? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, need yeah. Verse. And That's versus and versus longing. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And I realized after that that I am I have to be much more careful <laughs> about my understanding of words. And I spent 25 years with a man who did nothing but saying, words are the most important thing. And if you never, you don't know what that means. You don't know what the Bible's saying. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I've still got a long way to go. Don't we all? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I've, had, I've had an argument about this. with um, Interesting. The fact that, well, it wasn't good. The fact that. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you had that argument. Well, to the me. fact that we are striving to be more and more like Jesus, right? Um knowing that we'll never be fully there's no full overlap right knowing that but we're still to strive for that well, so that well, okay, okay, okay. So yeah, see, i get fired up when we talk about stuff see, like this. this is funny because i know that he's gonna say the same what's your say. What say he i wouldn't say that he feels like we can but we have to believe we can no, that's not what I would say. Okay, cool. So I think, so I was just, so that was my argument was like, you can't really believe that we can attain perfect, um, what's the word? Um, like sanctif- perfection. Perfection. Yeah. Yeah, because we can't. Well, well, otherwise, who's God and who's Jesus? Right? Here's, right. here's the thing that I would say sets what you what you just said apart is the the striving to be like Jesus. Yeah. I don't want that. No, because where's the relationship? It should be striving to. to I be a want to know him. Yeah, that's what Paul said. That I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Mm. Yeah, 
He didn't care if he looked like Jesus. He right. just wanted to know Jesus. That's just the fruit. Mm-hmm. The fruit. And I guess in that, if that was his pursuit, he must have looked like Jesus. Mm. Because if I spent 24 hours a day with you, I can guarantee you I'd be talking like you, walking like you, eating like you, exercising like you, do what you do. Oh, you, you're, you're around Jamie all the time. You say that and this and this and that. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> People would know. Mm-hmm. How do you yeah. know someone's kids? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so well put. Yeah. We had a conversation about that this morning because I had a um, friend of the show, Lou Fister. She comes up every week now, I feel like. She does. Um, so <laughs> hey, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Lou. <laughs> and um, we were talking about that this morning, um, the idea that our limitation, because I, I've just been really ultra aware of my limitations lately. And we were talking about how those limitations should lead us to look at the Father and how he is limitless instead of getting stuck on our own frailty. And yeah. I think that's kind of what happens even in that passage a little is we just get stuck on, we want to be like Jesus. And then, and then here we are now focused on the fact that we aren't, we aren't like him instead of just letting the focus be knowing him yeah. in that relational way, that intimate way. Somehow, that's, somehow that equalizes the field to me. Right. Because now I don't have to be an IQ 200 yeah. and I don't have to be an IQ five. I don't even know what a high IQ is. So. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Well, I'm, is but 200 high? That exa- sounds fantastic. Well, I think 200 is impossible, right? Is it? It's pretty high. <laughs> That's why I say it doesn't matter if you're the dumbest bo- boxer rocks or yeah. the smartest. Right. It all has to do with whether you want to know them or not. Yeah. Right. And I feel like every week we also say it takes the pressure off us as humans. Yes. Because we'll never be like him. And and I think what you just said, we the striving to be like him, That's that's a really good... That's a really good word to kind of knock down and say, no, it's yeah. more relationship. Yeah. Because we can't, the only way to strive to be something is to work to do it, right? Basically. Yeah. Or to be um, knowingly, well, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. I liked your um, the illustration of the cir- with the circles. Do you, uh, yeah. do you do a lot of stuff with illustration? I like, think in pictures. Yeah. That's yeah. that's good. Well, pictures in numbers. So okay. it's, it's kind of like. That's that cool. Things, but, and, that helps me a lot. Yeah. yeah right. It, when I'm learning communica- something, yeah, you know, the overlapping, yeah, yeah, and that's just the way I've come to think about it too. Like, mm-hmm. um, even if you break it down, like the sin and how Jesus takes our sin, there's actual statistical models where a mediating relationship, and you may have heard of somebody throw around the phrase "Jesus is the mediator mm-hmm. between us and God." Well, that actually takes the entirety of the statistical relationship again, and that's the research world that I'm in, Mm -hmm. but it makes sense. And I can apply that visually. There's diagrams, there's language and just helps me understand. Cool. Uh That's cool. This is helpful. That's like a parable almost. Yeah. Right. Uh, It's just a visual picture to help us understand. That's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, when it works. (laughs) Well, that particular (laughs) one worked very well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Did we solve all the problems? We need an illustrator to do an illustration for every week. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be. that would be cool. That would be. That would be, actually. That would uh, be a great uh, great poster. Yeah. Have you ever seen, uh, like, the Bible Project videos? Love that mm-hmm. stuff. That's what... Those illustrations. That's the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. yeah. When I see some of that, yeah. it just clicks. clicks. Yeah. 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 That's so they, true. They have full-time... 
illustrators. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, you know what's funny? What's funny? I think Jesus was a full-time illustrator. That's oh. He just did it verbally. Yeah. 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 That's true. That's very true. true. Very true. the list of names. Right. right. There you go. Yeah. Very creative man. Yeah. <laughs> so what did we f- figure out about the, the whole verse? Uh, yes. Cool. All right. Yes. <laughs> checks You're out. Welcome. It checks out. <laughs> I think it's true. I think it my my out. my presumption before I arrived has been proven that it that it's true, and I need to I need to be Mary more than Martha. Holler if you hear me. Mar- Martha Martha got a little rebuke, and Mary got a compliment. So cool. I just need to shut up, sit down, and listen. Okay, so here we are back in, uh, as, as you all know, we gathered to tell a story. Yay! Mm-hmm. And tonight is Lucas's story. And Lucas, every time we start one, we ask one question. Where was you born? <laughs> Great question. <Yeah. laughs> well, it all started. <laughs> back in, uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm in Iowa, so I was born in Iowa. Dude, Yay! Nice. Branching out. Yes. yes. Cool. Iowa. Good to know. Yeah. So, which city? So, Cedar Falls. Whoa. Yep. So, if you're familiar with uh, UNI, University of Northern Iowa. Yeah. Way so up there. So, what states? Let's, I mean, logistically, let's pretend I don't know my states very well. Which states are in between? What's <laughs> let's Iowa pretend. In let's pretend. A thing. <laughs> she says that a lot. She's like, for those that don't know. I do it a lot. <laughs> I, but so I'm always like, on your team. I'm like, know, yeah, right. please. <laughs> So what's it? What's Iowa in between? So right above you got Minnesota. Okay. Then you got Michigan. Uh huh. Or excuse me, Wisconsin. No, I would have believed you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was cool with that. I was thinking <laughs> Upper Peninsula. Yeah. Right. So you got Wisconsin, okay. Illinois, and then underneath you got Missouri. Okay. And Kansas. Okay. Uh, I'm with South you. Dakota, Nebraska, and Nebraska South Dakota yeah. on the west okay. side. So Iowa potatoes it's, is that all they're really? So that's Idaho. Yeah. Idaho, oh my gosh! Iowa I didn't is, <laughs> I didn't Iowa is corn. Make, corn. Make it stop. <laughs> the corn king. Corn king. Please <laughs> do. We'll just keep having a conversation <laughs> and tell the story children, while these two collect children. themselves. Your face. <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh! I did it again. Yeah. Oh that actually gosh. happens like a lot. I mean, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not an unreasonable sure it's question. Cheese, Melissa. <laughs> it starts with I. It does exactly. And there's an A and the O. Iowa, Idaho. It's it's close. <laughs> Pretty close. Oh, I'm so Except sorry. Except for the D. All right, so yeah. Let me ask you. And this. the geography. <laughs> yeah, and the geography. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't know maps, then you're okay. <laughs> then you're good. You just right. you would naturally yeah. make We're that back. conclusion. We got ourselves back. We're done laughing. Okay, so all right, center. All right, so my my, my fellow hosts are back to the <laughs> to the table here, and we'll continue the conversation. We want to know the birth order. <laughs> that's what we want to know. Oh man, that's so. so cool. I am first born. Ah, first oh, born. See, I like 
I like it because I like to. I live vicariously through firstborns, and I try to gather whatever thing God has told you. I probably need to learn. So I'm now I'm waiting this. for him to say, but I'm an only child. <laughs> nope, nope. Okay. So I got one younger, um, and the see, see the thing is, it's while there's only two of us, there are just so many cousins. Oh. So my dad is one of eleven. Oh, oh yeah, that's big. And my mother's parents had large families too. Oh. She was the daughter of the oldest. And she has an aunt that's one year older than her. So oh. we just oh. literally had Whoa. Norm was the same. So lots of cousins. Mm-hmm. So it it never felt like it was just us two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Were that's you guys all corn farmers? No. <laughs> Good question. Good question. <laughs> I mean, so my dad did grow up on a farm. Obviously, farm family. Eleven kids. No, I guess not necessarily obvious. Most likely. But uh, yeah. it's a probable. <laughs> probable. Yep. Yeah. Probable outcome. Um, so we grew up in Cedar Falls, which is urban Iowa. Uh, it exists. It, it, I believe. like Really? It is really there. <laughs> you can believe me. I lived it. Um, you know, so uh, obviously spent plenty of time on grandma's farm and went, you know, countless harvest seasons, went shuck corn, yes. ate it for dinner, all that sort yes. of stuff, walked the bean fields, so things like that. Can I ask if you made dolls out of the corn uh, husks and things like that? No? Can't Jeez. say that I did that. I feel pretty cool <laughs> um, that my husband didn't either, and I thought I was cool because I did, but it's not a farmer thing, for sure. I mean, it sounds cool, I guess. <laughs> anyway. I just didn't do it. All right. <laughs> I'd have to look it up and see what they look like. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, that's uh, <laughs> urban Iowa. It does exist. Trust me. Okay. Um, so that's where I got to spend a lot of time with cousins, with family. Most of them were in Iowa. You know, within a few hours. So nice. you know, even growing up, just one or two, it still felt like there were you know plenty of people to stomp around with. Right. Uh, yeah. So that's birth order. I mean, I can. You, I'm sure you'll glean the tidbits you need to. Oh, absolutely. Throughout the rest. Yes. Don't want to yeah. give them all away. No, no. <laughs> Just do your thing. Tell yeah. your story. Yeah. So, yeah. There's actually. So my birthday's April fifth, or excuse me, April sixteenth. Claire, my brother's birthday, April fifteenth. Oh, how about so that? So one day oh. apart, but there was a leap year between. So it's technically exactly Dude, three years. That's crazy. Oh my So gosh. I get. I get nerdy about that. <laughs> um, so the end of the summer was apparently a good time for my parents. Oh, uh, <laughs> well figured out. Yeah, we did the math. Um, <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> the town celebrations called Sturgis Falls because that was the original founder. His name was oh. last name Sturgis. Mm-hmm. And there's you know a river, the Cedar River, mm-hmm. and there were falls. Not the most creative name, but <laughs> anyway, so the Sturgis Fall Celebration conveniently coincided with that time period. Oh, so they really <laughs> celebrated. They took that to heart. I can appreciate I that. I suppose so. I guess I have the town to thank for my That's not where the existence. motorcycle thing is, right? So that's Sturgis, that's South, South Dakota. Dakota. No, it happened again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So as a Midwesterner, <laughs> the geography of the Midwest is something that I enjoy because... Like, I live there, but I totally get that that's kind of like, wait, where are you again? Yeah, everybody else. (laughs) One flat area is just like the next in the Midwest. So, yeah, 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 but that's my stomping ground, Northeast Iowa. How long were you there? So, really, my 
entire you know childhood zero to 18. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I, I mean, we we moved a few times, but we were still in Cedar Falls. Uh, so my parents, when I was born, they were in an apartment, and then they bought their first home. They like to say the, that the owners chose my parents because they had this cute little baby. So Aww. I like to claim that. Perfect baby. The perfect baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So um, moved then, and then we didn't move again until... I think maybe fifth or sixth grade. So other than that, my parents still live in that house. Oh, oh um, wow. So that's yeah, fun. that's the that is the hometown. So then true. even like your school friends, like from kindergarten on, you stay in the same school system even? So no. No. Ooh. This is this is a good good part of the story. Okay. Uh so my preschool, kindergarten, grade school uh up to high school mm-hmm. was all at St. Patrick's school. So I grew up Catholic. Catholic. It was the Catholic parish okay. and that was the school affiliated with it. A lot of fond memory. I mean, I look back and I think about you know, who did they make me <laughs> to be like that was a lot of my life spent there, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think a lot of it you know, bodes well for who I became. Yeah, there's experiences I don't particularly enjoy but i think you're going to find that at any school you go to mm-hmm. right uh but i always feel the need to throw that caveat in there is like i went to catholic school mm-hmm. you know <laughs> right. so you're like mm-hmm. weirdo <laughs> yeah you know, but he's probably got some stories in there <laughs> you know so by and large i had a good experience um you know instilled a lot of the qualities that i you know enjoy and cherish and value mm-hmm. so I can't knock it too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could tell you the story about, you know, what was it? Seventh, no, seventh or eighth grade. Mm-hmm. This was, so I started growing my hair out. Mm-hmm. Like, this was pre Justin Bieber. So I was, <laughs> I was hip before it was hip. Right. right. You are like Justin Bieber age, right? Yeah, I think I'm a year or two older. Okay. Cool. So, yeah. yeah you're ahead of him. <laughs> I'm ahead. Cool. In all facets. <laughs> Maybe, you know, aside from like the renown and stuff, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Right. Financial. Yeah, you know, I don't really need that. Yeah, so. no, we don't. <laughs> anyway, um, Sister Mary Lou, she was the superintendent. She had mentioned, you know, in the school dress code, like oh. the boys are supposed to have mm. their ears visible mm-hmm. and mine weren't. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Ooh, gasp. <laughs> So she came to me, and I was—I had gone to the bathroom, and I was walking back to science class. He'd stop me. She said, "Lucas, I noticed your hair's getting a little bit long. You know, when do you think you're going to get it cut?" And I'm not making this up. I looked at her and I said, "Sister Mary Lou, you know, I've—I really like having my hair long. Um, I, I don't know when I'll get it cut next, and I think." You all teach us really well. You, we want to strive to be like Jesus. And I think one of the ways I can be like him is try to at least look something like him. And I don't think he got haircuts that often. So, oh, so um, good, dude. What a great How argument. old were you? I was, 
I was a budding adolescent preteen, so you know, seventh, eighth grade. That would oh, have been that what, sounds just 13? like a seventh or eighth grader. Yeah, yeah, so it was great. right on the money. And she, I think she was just kind of dumbfounded. Right. <laughs> the fact that I was just preloaded with this. <laughs> you were waiting for it. But yeah. here's the thing. I already mentioned lots of cousins, lots of aunts and uncles. So the kid with the long hair running around, yeah, you get picked on. You get comments. Oh, yeah, so I had yeah. the script. Yeah. And I just pulled it up, and I said, okay, here we go. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> this seems like a good one. Let's roll with that. That's great, man. So that's a that's a fun story, and like I said, nothing ever came of it. So if my parents got a phone call, I never heard about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I think you were right. Yeah. yeah right. I mean, you won the argument. I, I think you know. I just kind of. She didn't say anything, and I just went to class. <laughs> <laughs> Had a good class. A it was good a good day. <laughs> so then, were you always, as, as far as you being a student, you through your childhood, were you? Because I, I say how smart you are, so the smartness. Did you know this? Did you, li- did you like academics? Were you- the first time I figured out that I was smart. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I, always, I always loved learning. Okay. You know, and my parents would tell you, I mean, most kids, they just pick things up quickly. Mm-hmm. But I was just like Lightning freakish speed. about it. Like stuff. I just love to learn new things. Like mm-hmm. if you do something once... I want to go do it. Mm. So, and I've noticed that with my son, Theodore. Oh, fun. <laughs> the new thing <laughs> is opening the trash can and trying to put your toys in it. Because oh. <laughs> that's where stuff goes right. when you don't want it anymore. It'll probably be the oh, toilet next. that's true. <laughs> We've had FYI. to change a couple of clothes because there's hand got down. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. Was... <laughs> so you learn quickly. Yeah. Right, um, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I've always, always loved learning. Uh, I remember... Even going to preschool and kindergarten, and a lot of that's you know through my parents. They would tell me, I'd, mm-hmm. "Come on, I'm just so excited. I couldn't wait to go the next time." So that's just been part of who I am. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know like this is where it started. I just always loved knowing stuff, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. going and even reading books is just invigorating. Like that's awesome. I like it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to the to this day. To this day, cool. Yeah, I'm obviously you know to go through a PhD program, which True. we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. We'll get there. That's a little preface. Okay, cool, cool. So yeah, so obviously you gotta at least like learning <laughs> yeah. stuff. Otherwise, yeah. you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> good so. point. Good point. Jamie and I would not be good candidates for a no, PhD. No, I did the as little as possible to get a degree <laughs> and get into the real world. You know, and I've had those <laughs> moments. Like I'm not saying every time. Even in the classes that are just like, I don't, I yeah, don't why right. is this, why, I need to know right. environmental chemistry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was interesting some days. Yeah. yeah. But balancing equations, like, I, I got to do that again. <laughs> so. You yeah. have your moments. Exactly. Yes. Sure. Um, but yeah, so that's a good question. I've always, always just been a learner. Well, good. So. Uh, athletics? Athletics. So. I did a lot um, when I was at Catholic school because to field the team, you kind of need, need everybody. everybody. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good yes. point. Yeah. You said field the team like soccer. What did you so do soccer? I, did, I did do soccer, but that wasn't through the school. Mm. I played football. I was terrible at it. <laughs> uh, so they had me on the line, and I was not built for it. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm still not. Wow. <laughs> um, so I got trucked quite a few times. <laughs> And I learned how to get back up. I think that that's a good quality. There you go. Um, positive spin. Positive. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. 
Um, but other than that, I mean, I played basketball, bad at it. <laughs> um, it wasn't until I started playing music that I really got into, and that was my kind of extracurricular. Did marching band in high school. Mm-hmm. So as a drummer, you get to be in the cool band crew and mm. the drum yeah, line, right? Drum lines are that's pretty cool. Those are, those are the cool yeah. nerds. Can I interrupt right. real quick? Yeah, tell tell you guys about something about me. <laughs> um, I no, want to know. No, this is so this so I grew up in Hong Kong and we didn't have marching band or anything in Hong Kong, but I was a drummer, and I so when we got here, I'm like, no way, band, dude, I'm in. So I got in a band and first day they're like, here, Jamie, play the bass drum. I'm like, what? So all I did for the whole year was hit this bass drum. Oh. I was oh. so disappointed because yeah. I'm like, I thought I'd play a whole kit. You know, I'm like, oh. I never heard of this stuff. Uh-huh. But anyway. So. Yeah. So <laughs> that was one of the things I, I mean, when I started in band, I didn't want to be a drummer. Mm. I wanted to be a trumpeter. Mm, cool. Really? Yeah. <gasps> Those are my glory, two favorite instruments. Right? Like, How did you trum- get from trumpet to those are my two so the audition the band instructor it's a school he just said let's have a conversation and he just told me to like tap along with my hands and feet while we're talking Uh apparently i did well Uh natural rhythm so it was just like yeah you're gonna be a drummer and i guess it worked out cool yeah so still playing drums have Uh you ever tried the trumpet no, no. <laughs> Theodore's got this little toy trumpet. I can make some noise out of, but mm-hmm. I always thought trumpet was cool too. It's cool, yeah. mm-hmm. but I, I wasn't meant for it. Yeah, maybe one day. Maybe. So, did you have a music in your family, like, or did you just think you just try and see what happened? Like, did you have any reason to give it a try? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's a that's a good question too. And you know, a few years ago, I would have had a different answer. Oh. Um. So for yeah, this is this is fun. <laughs> um. For a while, I thought, oh, my parents don't play any instruments. I don't really see, like, a lot of aunts and uncles. Like, they mm-hmm. sing, or maybe, you know, a few of them play piano, but not a whole lot that I could remember. But my grandmother in Bancroft, Iowa, small farm town, had this piano in her house. I'm like, somebody's got to play piano. Well, my aunts play piano. I'm like, yeah, so they did it. They took lessons. Mm-hmm. My grandmother was apparently this fantastic pianist. And she oh passed away a few years ago. And uh, there's the, oh, northern Iowa, you get the Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, I kind of <laughs> like that. Comes out every yeah, yeah. once, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give it up for Papa Ham back home. <laughs> so, um, so anyway. Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, so this piano sitting around, it's in my parents' house now. Uh, they're going to bequeath it to us once we oh, cool. get a home. So it's really, really cool. But I didn't know that because she never played when I was around. Oh, like, wow. That's just, that wasn't part of her oh life. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so after she passed away, we went up and we were looking through things and all these old music books and hymnals and mm. like all these old jazz standard oh booklets. I'm thinking, this is cool. Mm-hmm. Like, this is where you see, okay, this is where that came from. Oh, mm. yeah. Grandma could play. Grandma. <laughs> yeah, so that's... That answer would have been different, you know, three years ago. And three years ago, it would have just been, oh, I just decided to play drums. Yeah, right? yeah, you, you, my parents yeah. thought it would be a good thing for me to do. Yeah. You know, I got involved in band. Yeah, and that was yeah. my answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now it's like, no, that comes from. It's in the blood. That's cool. in the blood. It is. Yeah. It is in the blood. You know, so, yeah, I took up drums. Uh, from there, started doing voice in high school and then college. I wanted to do music. I went there initially thinking, hey, I'm going to be a music major. Mm-hmm. 
that changed. Where'd you go? So I went to college, uh, Central College in Pella, Iowa. So you might know Pella Windows. Windows. That is the headquarters. I did not. Thank you for doing that. Tying it in. There you go. So Pella Windows, Pella, Iowa, Central College, Dutchtown. Again, great experience. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'll get into the nitty gritty with all the switching and how you get there in the first place. So I want to know more about little kid Lucas. Little kid Lucas. Yes. So tell me, set me up before you get to college. I want to know more about you, what you were like, what your family dynamics were like. Were you a typical oldest? Talk to me about these things. Yeah. Were you still, were you still um, practicing (laughs) like in a, were you going to Catholic church and all that stuff still and all that stuff? Yep. So I was, I was altar server, um, once I was confirmed, I served communion. I lectured on occasion. I did some cantering. I did the singing. Lecture, that what, is yeah, not is like mean? leading the sermon. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what, keep, what is that? Keep that? That is specifically the people who are doing the readings. Mm. Uh, so, uh, yes, that's a, a good distinction to make. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I caught say, that based on the... Man, <gasps> oh. eight years old and <laughs> up there <laughs> preaching. I'm pretty sure him and Norm are the same person. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I was actively, I mean, I went to Catholic school, so I went twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, we had mass on Tuesdays, mm. and the students would lead and do everything. And Yeah, like I said, I look back fondly. A lot mm-hmm. of my mm-hmm. experiences there were good. Mm-hmm. There's, um, I think, a tendency to think, all oh, the ritual and the legalism of, of it all, the structure, mm-hmm. it can be, you know, it just makes you feel suffocating. Yeah, almost. that's mm-hmm. that's yeah, that's mm-hmm. a, per, a good word. I, I've heard like even my wife say, "I just don't think that would I, that wouldn't work for me." Mm-hmm. I didn't know any different, so mm-hmm. it did work for me. Mm-hmm. And yes, I've experienced other things since then, but it's not like I ah, oh, that was terrible. Mm-hmm. Just what I knew. Yeah. So you had a good like you were um, kind of a go with the flow kind of kid then. It like you just kind of you were like. I'm tr- making hand gestures, but nobody can see them. <laughs> but but your even your perspective, because I went to Catholic school till about third grade, and I really struggled with the whole having to do the the the, re, um, the confession every week because I was the good girl, and so coming up with the list of things I did wrong was like oh that's funny. really nerve wracking. So I was tummy ache every Friday when we had mass. So huh. you were yeah. like, hey, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, and that maybe that's kind of difference in personality too. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was just, I mean, sure, yeah. You know, sometimes you go, like, uh, I do not <laughs> want to be. If I have be, to kneel, stand, sit one more time. <laughs> yeah, teenage Lucas. <laughs> oh, uh, Mom, I'm sick. Right. Well, you don't have a temperature. Um, you're right. not coughing. <laughs> Get out of bed. Right. So. Yeah. Do you have an awareness at that age and, you know, pre-teens, pre-junior high of Jesus, or is it more just the services? and? So, I mean, a lot of that came through the school. Like, if you just went to Mass, obviously they have the kids portion where you um, get excused and you're not listen, listening to the full sermon. Um, but they call it the homily. So, again, a bunch of different words. Mm-hmm. They essentially mean the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I mean, you can get that there, but I think a lot of it came from the the school. Um, I mean, we had religion classes where we learned like the ins and outs of the foundation and the history of the church, and we memorized our prayers, all those mm-hmm. sorts of things. But we also got into like, hey, 
this dude, Jesus, like, mm-hmm. this is who he was. This is what he did for you and the rest of the world. So, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> they get it in there. It obviously, you know, my memory can fail me, but I was just embedded in that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of hard to be unaware. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did I answer your question? Uh, More on or less. One level, on one level, it's what I think I'm asking is when is the moment where you get a sense for yourself that you're actually ah. interacting, not just going through the, you know, the religious part of the culture and the family and all that and the yeah. church. So I, yeah, I see that. So delineating <clears throat> just the action from the intention. Yeah, and the reason I ask is because we've had a number of people on already and a good portion of them if i'm correct talk about an event when they're under the age of 10 where they know they were talking to god somehow whether it was a five second conversation or it was a couple of moments and that goes through the course of their life so i'm always interested to know if if a guest has that moment doesn't mean you have to yeah (laughs) or basically like when were you saved right could yeah, it be yeah, something like that? that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I see. So, the real question. The question <laughs> within the question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, for me, I didn't have any of the m- moments pretend. That was more, um, particularly with the Catholic Church, you got the sacraments, right? So, reconciliation and first communion, all that, and a little bit of you know, checking the box. Mm-hmm. Got it done. Right. But confirmation was probably the key point at which things started to click. Hmm. Um, when did they do that? So they did that with us. Um, so you you kind of start freshman, but that's really just leading oh. you in. And then sophomore year is really where you get into the meat of it, and you get confirmed in the spring of that. That's a kind of a normal process? That's a normal. It varies uh, church, so parish by parish. Um, but that was what it was where I was at. Okay. And then the juniors and seniors who have been confirmed help then bring about these retreats that they do. So they do confirmation retreats. They do like spring and fall retreats to help people figure out what it's all about. Yeah, um, like a discipleship kind of thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they had retreat team, mm-hmm. which was just like a church group. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and so I was a part of that you know, after going through Oh, I think I said it wrong. So the sophomore retreat is what gets you kind of ready to go. And then junior year is where you get confirmed. Mm-hmm. So I said that wrong. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Strike it's one. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> Strike you it from the record. Um, <laughs> so uh, during the sophomore retreat, it was just kind of like, okay, I think I'm figuring this out a little bit. But I have to add some context there. So while like I, my childhood was great, I have – tons and tons of fond memories mm-hmm. a lot of my like adolescence teenager dumb was dumb <laughs> it was dumb <laughs> and i mean that in a couple different ways like it's dumb because of what who i was and what i thought the world was mm-hmm. um but just also kind of what happened um so my grandfather passed away my grandmother passed away but i was younger then and i didn't really understand it under 10 mm-hmm. um but i kind of started to figure out like this isn't a good thing. Like people die, mm-hmm. right? 
my grandfather, who I was much closer with, I mean, I remember going fishing. We would, he would make me these weirdest sandwich. He would, what do you want on your sandwich? Uh, pepperonis, fruit snacks, <laughs> peanut butter, <laughs> cheese, whatever you wanted, and huh? some chips. And he put it on it. Oh my gosh, I love it! That's hilarious. It was the best sandwich because I, it was my you sandwich. <laughs> right? That's great. So that's a that's a fun story. Anyway, so much closer, uh, had a deep connection with and he had cancer and he was in remission and then he came back and it was sort of sudden his downturn and he passed away I think it was in eighth grade and from that moment it was kind of like okay the, the world is different for me now mm-hmm. um, a lot of my friends just didn't understand what it was like to lose people that you were really close to so mm-hmm. I couldn't just you know bring up so hey you want to talk about your grandparents dying mm. because that's what I'm thinking about right now. Yeah. And that just didn't happen. And I think that's a, that's a weighty thing to ask of anybody, particularly, you know, basically a kid. I was 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so grade, yeah. Yeah. That's tough. I wouldn't have been having those conversations. Yeah. Maybe shines a little bit more light on the edginess of my comment earlier to <laughs> sister Mary Lou. <laughs> I just want to be like, Jesus, come on, <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> so, so that, that's, that's like almost the preface. The meat of the story comes my sophomore year, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So it's like... That's no, really close. I mean, I can remember the moment when my parents came in and like, hey, we, we got to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I could tell, like instantly, the vibe in the room, I could tell something is not right because I've been in this type of place before. Mm-hmm. Um. Luckily, I mean, I can tout, I got my Beyond Pink, so my mom's on the Cedar Valley Cancer uh, Committee as a breast cancer survivor, so she's passed 10 years at this point, but at that point in time, I had no idea that was the trajectory we we were on. Mm. Um, I just lost my grandfather, right? So the world was pretty bleak for me, Um, and trying to understand what that meant for the rest of my life just it was mm. i just couldn't i couldn't see beyond what was happening right now and like i said i didn't have a lot of people that i could turn to and talk about this stuff mm. and i mentioned earlier i went to catholic school you know pre-k through eighth grade mm. i then went to public school high school cedar falls does it and they got junior high seventh eighth ninth mm-hmm. and then high school 10th oh interesting 12th. oh so i switched at ninth grade so i entered into junior high where a lot of people were having they had friendships established they knew who their friend groups were mm-hmm. and it was their last year at that school and then they were moving mm-hmm. so i was the new kid and then i was still the new kid and i just yeah. i didn't find relationships that were meaningful i didn't get those friendships so I kind of felt by myself. And that's hard. Again, hard for anyone, mm-hmm. especially hard for a kid. So, again, all that context leading up to this sophomore retreat, I was just in a bad place. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I mean, just like the emotional weight. You hear your peers, you know, people a year or two older than you, talk about their stories and their encounters. And they give talks. That's what we call them. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was moving to hear other people talk about difficulty. And that's what really spoke to me. And we had moments where you just had quiet reflection or maybe you journal. And being a, a learner 
kind of kid, I'd always like to learn how to do new things. So writing poetry or learning how to write a story, those types of things were interesting to me. And I was kind of getting into that, getting into music, getting into songwriting, all yeah. these sorts of things. Yeah. So this creative outpouring um, was just like my emotional outlet. Mm-hmm. And I remember we had some quiet reflection time. I'm like, man, I can't write it. I just feel like I need to like listen. But there was nothing to listen to. Mm. And I walked away. I mean, I remember I just like started crying. I'm like, this is so weird. <laughs> I'm just sitting by myself in silence. And I'm like crying. I don't get it. And then it was just like peaceful. I'm like, I don't know if I just needed to cry or something just happened, but <laughs> something just happened. <laughs> um, and so from that, I'm like, okay, this, there's like, there's stuff I don't understand mm-hmm. that I want to. Mm-hmm. I was a learner. I wanted to figure out what's the deal with this. But I couldn't put it together, and I didn't have people to go to to put it together. Yeah, I had my parents. I had my youth uh, leader. I had you know the people who were leading the retreats. But mm-hmm. it's hard to find answers when you don't know the questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well said. <sighs> You can tell I've told this story a couple of times. I can't tell, actually. I'm on the edge of my seat. It gets a little bit easier iterations with it. So you'll tell, you'll understand why I've told this story a few times. In a little bit. (laughs) Uh, Keeping you on the edge of your seat. So after the sophomore tree, I'm like, okay, cool, sweet. But you kind of get that that momentary high, Mm -hmm. and then how do you sustain that? Oh. So if you chart out my emotional experiences, I was feeling good. Mm -hmm. But then it was right back to real life. And real life was not where I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a lot of my behavior, isolated, lonely, afraid, sad, like Mm -hmm. all this stuff, all this negativity, I was just a depressed kid Mm -hmm. looking to find some solace. Mm -hmm. So, and these are things that I'm not proud of, but it's important to share. Mm -hmm. I started self-harming. And I was, you know, suicidal. Mm. And that's not a good place for anyone to be. Again, Mm -hmm. no one, let alone a kid. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's kind of like the roots of where it all started, which is just, it's weird that like that's, that's where it started. Yeah, I had this childhood that was great and I learned a lot of stuff, but it wasn't until I got into like the the pits of it Mm. that I really started to get it. And... Uh, I remember, I mean, there's a lot of memories I have from that period because it's just, it's raw. Mm. Uh, I mean, I've gotten past it, but there was like a few years where I just refused to wear short sleeve shirts. Mm. I just couldn't do it. Mm. I was ashamed. Like not only did I do it, but then instantaneously I felt regret. So you were cutting yourself? Yeah. Mm. And just like this, I mean, I pick at my fingernails and things like that. Yeah. But it was like, oh, I'm going to like do this beyond the point where it's just a, yeah. it's no longer a nervous tick. Yeah. You know, and then, I mean, my parents, when they found out, they confiscated the knives. You know, the room was doors open. So mm. the policies changed. Mm. And what is that? I've, I've heard of that activity. What, what is it? What is that doing? What is it doing for you? I, I think I comprehend suicidal. Yep. Because I've been in depression, but I don't understand what the cutting is. What is that? Yeah, so that's a good question and part of the reason why. Because that sounds like part of this story is 
for people that have might have that in their background yeah. or going through it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's a that's a really good point, uh, and this is part of the reason what got me, you know, into psychology and mm-hmm. into the whole study of emotions. Oh wow, my dissertation, everything like that. Mm-hmm. You can trace it back to this, mm-hmm. um, and if you look at the research on people who are depressed, because there's people who are depressed who don't do that, and then there's people who do, and for the people who do what they say is that like physically you get a rush of endorphins and all of this physiological good stuff right Mm. but beyond that depression is a mental pain right Mm. there's no physical ailment that you have but your brain on a physiological level Mm -hmm. senses it in a very very similar way so essentially what it's doing is matching your physical experience with your mental experience. Uh, and it provides that physical reward of endorphins and dopamine. Wow, that's crazy. So which is, again, it's it, you can almost become like addictive to this self-harming behavior. I was just going to mm-hmm. say, it's like a drug addiction. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then when you come down, you're depressed. Exactly. And then, exactly, you you did it, and now you got the high, and then you're done. And, you're like, and you need it again. <sighs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Wow, that's crazy. Tough. Yeah. yeah. Tough for anyone. Right. Tough for a kid. Right. Um, I, yeah. I, how old were you? So at that point, uh, I would have been 15, 16. Mm. Yeah. I think about kids that age. I think about when I was that age. And I probably struggled with identity stuff, but I don't remember the emotional struggles like that, that a lot of people on the show have had. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> and I've had plenty later on in life, but at that age, I was like, I was just kind of so unaware of things. I feel like I was. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, I, it, for me, it was just due to where my life was at that point. Sure. Like it was, sure. everything was unsettled. Yeah. Right. right. People brought food to my house because my mom couldn't go up and down the stairs from chemo. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is a hard reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And, that's just what it was. Yeah. And that was you know, not having friends. like Not having friends. The situation and whatever predispositions I had going into it mm-hmm. just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, it's not that way anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there is. There is light at the <laughs> end of the hope. <laughs> uh, but it certainly didn't seem like that at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And that's one of the things you, know, you Does don't... Does anybody in your family know that that's going on? So at like when it started, No. Wow. Um, no friends? You didn't, no nobody, friends. Nobody to talk to about it. Yeah. So it was just, in again, like... So you're totally isolated. Well, and how do wow. you even learn to cut yourself? How do you learn that that's an option? I was... So here... Okay, I left out a key detail. Mm-hmm. I'm an Eagle Scout. Oh. Um, so course, you get your... Of course he is. T- <laughs> <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> well, you know, less than... Uh, pers- whatever percent. I think that it's like less than 1% yeah, of the population. All, yeah. all, all Eagle Scouts come from Iowa. Yeah. Don't you, don't you know? He knows like every freaking knot. <laughs> right? I've lost most of that knowledge. Oh, okay. But I, I do know my square knot. That's good. <laughs> it's key. Keep one. Oh, yeah. And, you know, to tie my shoes. Anyway. Uh, that's good. Uh, so, you know, through that, you know, I got all the skills and training and those types of things. And then I just had, you know, my yeah. knives that I would take caping with and they were just in my room, right? So they were there and available and... It just becomes a thing. Yeah, and right. like, I think the first time that, like, playing the drums, if you if you hit a cymbal wrong on, 
like mm. a quick catch. Mm-hmm. It might chip your finger like, yeah, that hurts. But oh. You're also like, oh, yeah, Ugh, oh, I'm a drummer. Okay, okay. And so that's, it just kind of piqued my interest or when I oh, wow. you know, mm. injure myself, I'm like, wait a second. Interesting. Yeah. You saw it differently. Yeah. Than exactly. People probably do. Yeah. You know, pain. And I think even people who are really into exercise. Yeah. Like, to the point, like, uh, not to say all CrossFit people are right. like, out but of there, their minds. But yeah. there is a but, component. Like you have to, you're you are essentially injuring your muscles for them to grow back stronger. Yeah. That's what you're doing when you're exercising. Yeah, right. You can do that in the wrong way and actually hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason you feel good after you exercise, mm-hmm. and that same type of physiological concept applies to injury too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's you know a little bit maybe more in the weeds. Yeah, that's than we really need interesting though. It's um, good. Yeah, so that's part of the reason behind it, how we got into it, and. Like I said, not having the support behind me to like turn and be like, hey, I did this and I don't like it. It was just me talking to myself. And having that experience in the sophomore retreat, I'm like, where are you at in all this? Because it sure doesn't feel that way when I'm sitting in my room Mm -hmm. thinking about going and cutting myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the full confirmation retreat was more eye-opening uh, they had a portion, a variety of talks, but they had the reconciliation talk. Mm-hmm. So uh, somebody basically walked through a time in their life that they were just dreadfully ashamed of, mm-hmm. uh, felt get, guilt, fear, whatever. And they talked about how they came to terms with that and how God walked them through it. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that was you know pain inflicted on them from somebody else uh, or just a difficult time losing a grandparent, something like mm-hmm. that. And so it was just particularly moving. And then the rest of the night was just reflection. So I went up into the church and I just sat in the front row of the pew. And I mean, I was probably there for hours. Um, and then I, at this point, you know, junior in high school. So I've known people. I have a little bit more of a friend group. Mm-hmm. And some of them were in the same confirmation class as me. And I remember they came up and they could see that I like something was happening and they just sat with me for the longest time and I'm just like losing it. Mm. And I don't remember how the silence broke, but it was basically like, we love you. Like Mm. at this point I'm just, I'm done. I'm, I, I am emotionally, cognitive everything is just spent mm. and i needed comfort and i got it mm. and that was the first time like ugh, somebody somebody out there mm. is listening but it wasn't the people sitting next to me mm. you know so i'm like this doesn't i mean they were you know holding my hand or mm-hmm. whatever but they didn't say anything like this is this is different how do i explain this how do i learn about this mm-hmm. How do I, how do I know who loves me? Um, I knew, but I almost like didn't want to believe it because mm. then I have to reconcile with everything that I've been doing, right? Mm. Um, so, fast forward a little bit. Obviously, get confirmed. Well, now it's my turn to give back. I'm on retreat team, and a lot of my friends are cued into a lot of these struggles already. Mm. Um, so, a bit more open. But still not, you know, talking about it like, yeah, this is something that I did. Not proud of it, but I can talk to you about it and 
That's the way it is. Mm-hmm. Still plenty of shame, plenty of guilt. So wouldn't you know, guess who gets asked to do the reconciliation <laughs> talk, <laughs> right? So I worked really hard trying to figure out how do I even go about this? I work in scripture. I got to like talk about my feelings. As a teenage boy, that was kind of hard to oh, do man. anyway. Oh, geez, imagine. yeah. So I found myself actually digging into the scripture probably for the first time uh, because going through Catholic school, you learn about it, you learn the concepts, you memorize, you do those things, but you don't sift through it and you know learn from it. Yeah. Right? So, and that's... Again, just part of the culture. Uh, so I was doing that for myself, and I came across a variety of passages. I'm like, that that feels like it's just speaking to me. Mm-hmm. And there's a passage in Isaiah, though your sins are like crimson or scarlet, uh, you know, they'll make them as white as wool. I'm paraphrasing. I can't remember exactly. It's been it's a while. Pretty since, close. Yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember the chapter or anything like that, but that spoke to me because what color is your blood? Well, mm-hmm. it's red. I wish these scars would go away. Mm-hmm. I wish they would be made new as white as wool. Um, and it also, you know, has some obvious tie-ins to Jesus's blood, mm-hmm. atone and all of that. So I don't need to unpack that here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I found that I'm like, Oh, that's a good one. And then Philippians and, you know, Whatever is beautiful, gentle, lovely, good, pure, all basically just. all those good things. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's been a while since I've given this talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had that at the end because that's what helped me. Mm-hmm. And then you had your song that you played at the end, and if people felt moved, they could come and give you a high five or a hug or a pat mm-hmm. on the back. And. I remember I was given this talk and you had to practice and that was that was fine and a lot of my friends they knew but they didn't like know the full extent and I went deep into it because it was fresh during uh, the talk during the talk mm. yeah um, and I outlined this kind of pivotal moment I had my license I could go and drive and I just I was awake couldn't sleep and I just was getting I'm like I could just drive away I could drive into a ditch. I could drive somewhere. I could just leave this because Mm. I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. And I was like, all right, I'll get some food, get out the door. And I'm getting ready to get out the door, grab my keys. And then it's just kind of like I stop and I freeze and like I can't physically bring myself to the door. And that was Mm. a big moment in the talk where I'm like, something was stopping me and I just didn't get it. And this was, in the grand scheme of things, one of those times where in the moment you might not understand what's happening, but looking back, that was an obvious God's hand in this moment. So you really had intentions of leaving and ending it. Yeah. Wow. And and it doesn't end there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a long story. I apologize. No, 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 that's what you're here for. So the... uh, that moment was pretty pivotal, and that's not something that you know I talked about. So you're telling all these younger kids this? Yeah, I'm like talking wow. about it. That's, and that's like all a, my all my friends. That's kind of outrageous. Yeah. What yeah. kind of response are you getting from? And people? so they're a lot. Like, oh. They're just sitting there <laughs> thinking, like, I cannot, I can't believe we like a didn't see this. Yeah. Didn't know this 
thing was even re- like, yeah, we knew your mom had cancer, your grandfather passed away, but we didn't know you. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Isn't that amazing. Right. And I think, go ahead. You could have white. You could have whitewashed the whole thing. Right. But you felt to, that you should be as sincere as you could. And that's incredible. <laughs> and that was not easy. I mean, no. I remember when I first, I finished, I finished typing it out. I manuscripted the whole thing because there's no way I could go off the cuff on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I finished it, I just broke down in tears because wow. I'm thinking, I can't even believe some of the stuff that I wrote. Oh. And I lived it. <laughs> wow. Like, Wow. Um, so the song that I chose at the end was Before Tomorrow Comes. And the whole thrust of the song, um, it's by band Alter Bridge, if anybody's a Creed fan. Oh, okay. It's got all the instrumentalists from Creed, new vocalists. Oh, after he mm. left? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. So there you go. Uh, so Before Tomorrow Comes. And again, the thrust of the song it's all about making do with what you have right now mm-hmm. and, and doing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the bridge section, you know, does anyone care? It's not right the way that we're living. And mm-hmm. the song is about like society and justice in our relationships, mm-hmm. but it stirred something inside of me to say, I'm not doing this right. I got to do something different. Mm-hmm. So I gave this talk. My parents were there. <gasps> oh my god! Gasp! Did uh, they know the stuff? So they knew, but they didn't know. No, the dad. Right? they didn't know the, all the details. Right. Oh man! And so I still think to this day, my dad still has one of my knives in his work drawer in the mm. basement. Mm. Um, which is like it makes me emotional because like my dad loves me, right? Mm. Because the that's the lowest point I've kind of ever felt, mm. and. They were still there for me. Mm. Um, beyond that, I'll try to fast forward to hit the high, high low points. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a relationship in high school, young love, mm. ended badly, uh, which kind of reignited a lot of past fears and a lot of insecurities. Mm-hmm. Like, I won't be good enough. You know, who am I to deserve this love? That was like the question from sophomore to junior year I couldn't answer. And I still couldn't, I mean, I gave this like moving talk to people. Mm. It moved me. <laughs> and I, <laughs> you know. And, and you were the one saying it. Exactly. And I'm thinking, yeah, I don't know. Do I really, like, for me, like, you're going to do, you're going to, you're going to, you died for me? Mm-hmm. I just didn't compute. And f- it just didn't make sense. And as I got that affirmation, I guess I shouldn't say affirmation. As I got that like relationship dissolving and unfortunately, a lot of our friendships became Mm -hmm. co-friendships. We shared the same friends and a lot of them started hanging out with her, not me. So guess where we went back to? Mm -hmm. Isolation. Isolation, Mm -hmm. yeah. And it kind of reignited a lot of those bad behaviors. Mm. Um, not to the full extent, but pattern is a pattern. Mm. And uh, before I went to Central College, so the summer before I started college, I intentionally overdosed on uh, ibuprofen. Mm. So I just like, it's again, trying to match the mental pain and fi- with physical pain. 
and I don't remember how many I took. I remember we went to the ER and they said, you know, how many pills did you? I couldn't tell them. Mm-hmm. So I had to drink this liquid charcoal mm-hmm. to make you vomit. Well, I had three bottles of it and nothing came out. Mm-hmm. So that freaked me out. Uh, I think it freaked them out too because that's not supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was overnight. I was staying there and they monitored my liver levels. So your ibuprofen passed through the liver. Yeah. If you take too much, your liver goes into an acute state of stress and you might die. Well, I was asleep for most of it and I like peaked out. I was like within a range where, yeah, this is like acute liver failure. Mm-hmm. I was just a little bit below that. Wow. So I got close, but I never got there. Mm-hmm. Another pattern. <laughs> so it seemed like whatever I could do, it just wasn't in the cards. <laughs> Which is, again, making a joke of it. Oh, yeah. But that's what it seemed like. like mm-hmm. Come on, you gotta be <laughs> kidding me. And then my parents, I remember, were just distraught. And now being a parent, I get it. Like, mm-hmm. for me, as a teenager, like, why can't, I mean, I'm not, I get it. Like, I'm here. You don't have to watch me 24 hours. I'm not on. But for them, like, I'm their firstborn mm-hmm. son. Yeah. Right. We can't believe this is happening. Mm-hmm. What do we do about this? Mm-hmm. So a lot of emotions to unpack there. Maybe that's another podcast. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <clears throat> Man, I'm sorry. Same no, thing, good. Jamie. We're twinning tonight. Yeah. Triscuits. Still got triscuits. <laughs> triscuits. Mm. Is that the preferred cracker snack? For with it's, our spo- it's our sponsor. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's our sponsor. <laughs> it's our <laughs> sponsor. Vegemite is our sponsor. Vegemite, send us a sample. We'll, yeah. we'll post it. <laughs> Do we get a lifetime supply of Vegemite? Yeah. <laughs> so McKay's really into Triscuits or Wheat Thins. Or yeah, Wheat Thins mm-hmm. and Nutella. Dude, Ooh. that's what she's can, doing right I now. I can pair anything with Nutella to the point where I don't buy it because it's... Mm. it's um. It's not safe for me to have around the house. Yeah, you said I'll peanut just, butter and Nutella, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I would just take peanut butter and just take a scoop and then... I might Boy, hit Walmart really after this. really gotten off topic. <laughs> what well, a, it's a good break. <laughs> Check my shopping list. Real <laughs> it's a good break. Okay. Uh, it's a lot of heavy conversation. Right? I've learned... Listen, I'm sitting here trying not to empathize. I'm a mess, you guys. This is Meli- one of Melissa's issues where when somebody tells their story and it's like this... Yeah. I'll be like, oh, gosh, I can feel it. I'm there. Oh, I can't even... You know what's crazy? Oh, so I'm trying to practice... Loving detachment. It's crazy because you're... <laughs> this is his story, not mine. I don't know you very well, but you're a really cool dude. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> See, I know how to pick them, right? But, but my point is, is like you hear these struggles and you're like, you're like, how does somebody like that have those struggles? Right. Because, because we all have struggles. Because we all do. So, yeah. It's so crazy. That's right. Sad. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, but the ending's but it's, great. The ending's so. good. Cool. We'll okay. get there. All right, cool. In due time. <laughs> In due time. So, uh, yeah, so that's one of the things, like, you know, looking back, and even when I gave, after I remember giving that reconciliation talk, like, you just don't seem like the type of person that would have this right. going on. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. You're a pretty even keel kid, you know, nothing, like, whatever, yeah. but mm-hmm. that's not what was going on. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so I had to figure out how to get it out, and once I got to college, you know, so you, you take all this to college. I take all this to college. Right. Wow. So I'm unloading 
freshman year. I'm off parent property. So we're, okay, so you went away to school. I went you okay, know, you were on, on campus, campus housing at okay. Central College. And uh, it's my time to shine, right? It's a fresh start for a bit. But a pattern is a pattern. If you don't learn to break the cycle, cycle never ends. Mm. So, you know, yeah, I made some new friends and they were good. But you get your love interests and those might fizzle out and you get mm. bummed out, right? So what do, you, what do you do about that? Well, what do college students typically do? Get drunk. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's what my life became. Mm-hmm. And I was always a learner, right? Mm. That didn't change. I loved school, mm-hmm. but I stopped liking it. And I stopped going to class, mm-hmm. cut class so I could go get stoned with my buddies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that was my life. I got a whole another period of reconciliation coming, mm-hmm. and I met my wife McKay. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the first few days I audition for choir and she could tell like this dude like <laughs> by the way can i just say for the record <laughs> there was a little thumbs McKay, down just yeah. for the visual for all the <laughs> listeners there. i want to say as a woman he did very well for himself not only is her voice like an angel mckay is gorgeous so it it it, it makes sense <laughs> that you make beautiful babies because you're beautiful people you, well, well credit that. you did pretty okay. good catching her eye. Just <laughs> yeah. saying. Well, but it wasn't in a good way at first, and I oh. t- I can't knock her for I d- that. I d- you know, yeah, you didn't see the little thumbs down oh. that he made. Even. She was, was not totally... into Lucas J Hamilton. Nuh-uh. <laughs> Wait, what's her middle name? John. Oh, cool. Yep. Cool name. So fun fun fact: my dad's name's John, and his dad's name is Luke. So oh, John. Ah, okay, cool. I like cool. it. <laughs> Keeping it going. Yeah. So. <laughs> anyway, it's good to break up the monotony. <laughs> um, we we do that pretty well. Yeah. I mean, we talk about crackers and stuff. Crackers, yeah, <laughs> they're good. They're good. So they're she good. no likey what you were. She no likey me. Uh uh-uh. uh. Wow. Uh-uh. You liked her. Hey, she was a pretty girl. Very gorgeous. She, she will. Pretty. She will tell you that she had bangs at the time, which we both agree, <laughs> not the best look. <laughs> But we've moved past that. She wasn't at her peak. Um, what's the word? Well, she was getting out of a relationship at that time, and so she was in her own her you know, dark funk. period as well. So, yeah. and we both we both had our stuff. Mm. Um, so freshman year, you know, the grades kind of slid. I kind of backslid into bad behavior, and that's the way it was. Okay, went home. You know. I worked for a cleaning company called Service Master 360. <laughs> Ever heard of it? Yeah. So there's there's a uh, oh, Nestle awesome. Cocoa factory about 30 minutes from where I grew up. Delicious. And guess what? They got to clean those things. <gasps> Did it smell like chocolate just being there? Yeah, but uh, remember, I'm cleaning them. Oh. So it's like this cacophony of chocolate and then the individual coffee packets and then cleaning supplies. Oh, and then you so go home and everywhere. take a shower and it's black juice oh. running off you. <laughs> you snot out black goo. So I don't really drink hot cocoa. I was going to say, <laughs> um, that's a bummer. Yeah, so a little bit. But that's what I did you know, during... Um, summers summers and breaks and then i got into some low voltage wiring my dad is he works for johnson controls he does project management he's since moved to a different position but at the time he was overseeing a lot of the subcontractors so he got me plugged in with one of them in cedar falls slash waterloo 
So I did that. Okay, went back to school. Cool, awesome. Right back into the thick of being a doofus. <laughs> so, so were your were you just telling your parents, "I'm good, everything's good"? Yeah. Like, meanwhile, that it really wasn't. A pattern is a pattern. Yeah. So, right? but they trusted you. Right? I this like. Is I the like theme. this. I like this. A pattern I like where he's going. Is a pattern, pattern is a I'm pattern. I think good. that's the title. Pattern is a pattern. Good. A pattern is a pattern. Yep. So yeah. Until Jesus helps you break it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Flips the table. Yeah. That's right. Flips the table. There's a pattern, and I don't like it. Yeah. So. I like that. Yeah. yeah what a way to tie it in. <sighs> I just did <laughs> it. Brain <again>. exploding. <laughs> you always do. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> so the you know, sophomore year, a whole lot of the same. I paid a little bit more attention to my classes. Um, I entered doing, I wanted to do music. That was a good creative outlet for me. It helped get my emotions out. Mm. Uh, Music just has this innate property, I think, to draw out some piece of the human experience Mm -hmm. um, and express stuff in ways that we just can't. I mean, there's the common expression, you know, when words fail, music speaks. Mm. Those types of things. I'm like, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. I get it. So that's what it was. Um, So I was in all my theory classes, and it was just beating me down and I didn't I mean I love music but learning about music can be <laughs> tough there's a saying amongst music theorists theorists excuse me that you know a music theory professor will say come on it's not rocket science but then the rocket scientist says come on it's not music theory that's great so I like that a lot I like it by any stretch, you know, we've we've all got our pitfalls. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I didn't like it, and I ended up switching to psychology because we like to say in psychology, I learned this after taking a few classes, research is me-search. Yes. Well, I was certainly doing a whole lot of me-searching. <laughs> I got a lot of phrases. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so research is me-search. And next time you find yourself surfing the web on some topic, be like, wait a second. I'm a me-searcher. I like that. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So I was getting into stuff that I wanted to do, and I was in voice and doing all these things, and I learned a bit of piano and started teaching myself guitar and some bass and basically just a one-man band. Mm -hmm. Um, Like Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) bring it back. (laughs) Too much. We can't break it up too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was too far. (laughs) I'm just kidding. We need at least just 10 minutes kidding. between every Every cracker break. Yes. <laughs> a cracker break. Uh, so, you know, I was like, man, I need some friends. Well, luckily, I found some friends. Started a band. Really? Woo! Mm, that's the way to do it. So yeah. it actually happened through a class. We took this entrepreneurship class called Cre- Marketing Your Creative Self. Which is like this sexy title for how do you make money doing your art? Yes. (laughs) So so anyway, I was intrigued, so I enrolled. It was pass-fail anyway, so I could cut class. No big deal. Um, So we started a band, and that was probably like the moment where things started to get better. At this point, I wasn't doing church. I wasn't going to anything on campus, off campus. It was just not into it not were, me were you and mckay speaking did you have a friendship at this point or so we did um so some of the music ensembles we were in um we, obviously we spent time around each other mm-hmm. uh we did various tours like within iowa or 
you know, around the country or even internationally. So we spent time together, but uh-huh. I was not her cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that first semester of sophomore year, still not the cup of tea, but at least a little bit more tolerable. Mm-hmm. Wearing her down. There you go. It's always helpful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So then between fall and spring semester, uh, we went on a trip to Mexico. We went to the Yucatan Peninsula with our jazz combo group. I was a drummer. That's we just cool. did Super renditions cool. of popular songs, whether they were jazz or country or folk. <gasps> or, or That's anything. amazing. Anything. It was tons of fun. <laughs> Loved it. And you I, played there on the – that was what the trip was for? Yep. So oh, we played at a couple cool. places. Uh Beat a trip like that. Exactly. Right? It was awesome. Yeah. Um, and it was just like a core group of seven or eight people. So we spent a lot of time together. And yeah. she started to figure out, hey, maybe this guy <gasps> who's kind of dumb <laughs> is not as dumb <laughs> as I once thought. You're trying to get her to settle for you. <laughs> right? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> That's how it works, guys. Yes. <laughs> Wear them down till they settle. Yep. Oh, my so, gosh. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so we we spent a lot of time and at this point i was i was chasing another girl who had since broken my heart right mm. and so she was like lucas get o-, like she didn't say get over it mm-hmm. but she was kind of saying get over it <laughs> <laughs> um so you know we came back to school and we hung out a lot more after that um band started up she started coming to the rehearsals i'm like <gasps> Groupie. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and again, I don't remember. We just like kind of fell in love. Mm-hmm. It was, and we got to be really close and had a lot of deep conversations, unveiling a lot of past hurts, my own, which you've all got the pleasure of hearing <laughs> about thus far, <laughs> and hers, and uh, which are her story mm-hmm, to tell mm-hmm. and we bonded and it was like man. in my head i'm thinking like don't mess this up oh, yeah yeah but then i'm like eh, it was cool you know, <laughs> whatever <laughs> i'm in a band you like my band it's cool <laughs> you know that's awesome i'm in a band guys are so you know? funny i play uh, drums what's up <laughs> So to the one roadie, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So oh, I don't so think boring. we had any. <laughs> <laughs> but at oh. any rate, I mean, she was a cool chick, and I like spending time with her. She still is a cool chick. She still is. She is. No doubt. B A. I will say because we don't cuss on this. Well, maybe we do, but I'm trying not to. But she's cool. cool. She's cool. She's cool. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, throughout all this, I'm still wrestling with, like, my place in the world and trying to figure out who I am in the grand scheme of life uh, and what role God has in all of this. So, um, I actually got a tattoo between freshman and sophomore year. I know I'm delineating chronologically a little bit. That's okay. Right shoulder reads, man of science and faith. Um, If you're a lost fan which I am. There's a title called Man of Science, Man of Faith, with Uh juxtaposes two characters. Um, So I don't know if anybody... Uh (laughs) 
likes it, but whatever. Oh, I no, haven't no, seen I, it. I haven't re- that I is a hill I will die it. on. I love it. Um, <laughs> I might start watching it. I know. I think everybody so, in my family's watched it but me. It's long. Ooh. Wait, can we... Sorry, now we're going to talk about Lost. Do it. Is that when they get lost? Ten minutes are up. And, <laughs> the plane and that, crashes. Yeah, and later on, there's like this smoke or this whatever. Okay, I have seen it. And when that happened, I'm like, I don't think I can keep watching this. Yeah, it's a little bit. You have to... Tr- it you know, totally went off. Reality, you have to give that up okay. a little bit. Okay, cool. So, so that's it, the show. There's a bit But more. I was into it. Yeah. Yeah, it was very good. Uh, a lot of the thematic content is just what I enjoy. Like yeah. the nitty gritty of some of the stories, I'm like, Nothing's perfect, but <laughs> thematically, I like where it goes yeah. and some of the concepts it introduced. Yeah. Regardless, yeah, um, we can. That's another podcast. <laughs> um, so, so far, we have. There's three, probably already three a lost show podcast. Pattern oh, is a pattern. Sure. Yes, let's get back to the topic at <laughs> hand. So, oh, nice job. There you go. Um, where was I? Lost so, man of science and faith. Yes. Mm. So I got this tattooed because I always found like. I was an analytical person, um, you know, driven to learn things and know stuff. I like to have th- things like mm-hmm. I like to be a learned person. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like a lot of the conversations that were swirling around within the religious spheres and then the scientific spheres that I found online or just in the conversations I was having with people were just at odds with each other. That mm-hmm. there was no way to bring that together. And that just made me so <laughs> angry. I couldn't. I'm like, you just, it's like, it's like you're just talking past each other. Yeah. Mm. And so we're th- me and the dudes in the band were like, what do we call this thing? Um, I don't know. Guy throws out, hey, Lucas, why don't, like, you got your tattoo. Why don't we call it, like, Men of Science and Faith? Okay, I'm thinking like, oh, that was like a me thing, but if you want to sign on, cool. Uh, are you all going to get tattoos? That'd be weird, but okay. Um, they didn't. A little bit sad about it. I'm just kidding. Uh, so we ended up calling the band Men of Science and Faith. I'm like, wow. So I'm not the only one. Again, that isolation yeah. kind of breaking. Well, well, wait a minute. So was your faith part, was it faith, faith? Like in Jesus? Was that what you meant with the tattoo? Faith in something bigger. Like for me, it was very like, this Jesus guy, like he's there. I'm like, I, but I've seen some, st- like I'm still here. So obviously something's going right. Um, what were their thoughts on that though? And so they were both very, you know. Oh, was it a three-man band? So they, well, it was four. Okay. It's, there were some revolving doors. Sorry, okay. <laughs> Got to get into the nuance. Yeah, give you a full. We'll give you an MTV right. documentary. This yeah. <laughs> another podcast. There you go. The making of <laughs> MSF, and then the where are they now? The where are they now? Yes. Uh, so uh, they were, you know, still there was a campus ministries and they were playing at it, and I had played at it for a little bit. Oh, but okay. There were some. I knew people didn't like me because there was an obvious disconnect between my behavior oh. and what was being sung on gotcha. stage. Oh. Gotcha. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why would you bring these people in? Mm. Mm. This weird dude with long hair who smells weird mm-hmm. and obviously does some things. Do you smell like patchouli? I spend sp- hot chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But uh, probably mostly the first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, like, obviously. 
there's a disconnect there. Mm-hmm. And I, I get it. I wasn't naive to that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of respectfully said, okay, like, I don't, I don't want to ruffle the feathers. Mm. And I don't want to be, I don't want you to feel like you can't get the most out of it if I'm hmm. shaking things up. Yeah. And that certainly wasn't, I don't think, a majority view. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even since then, in conversations with that I've had with people, like, oh, you were the cool dude. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, what's up? <laughs> I wear a beanie and my long hair. What's up? <laughs> I'm a drummer. Yeah, drum for Jesus. <laughs> that should be your tattoo. You drum for Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but nevertheless, I was still involved in that. And like growing up Catholic, like this is the way you lived. And I was just kind of sick of it, mm-hmm. right? And so some of that legalistic structure, it was just like once those barriers were gone, I just didn't look back at that point. And then I started to figure out, well, what I'm doing isn't working. Mm-hmm. The band members were actually playing at uh, Church First Reformed mm-hmm. in Pella. And they're like, hey, we need a drummer. You can make a little bit of cash. I'm like, sweet, mm-hmm. you know, money for beer. Because mm-hmm. that's where I was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as defunct as that may seem. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually it kind of like became a, a good part of my week. Mm. And going Wednesday rehearsal, I'm like, hey, I'm going to go see Barb. We're going to play, you know, Love songs for Jesus. Mm-hmm. I remember we had we had this slow jam. Now, thinking demographically, we had this like eighty style slow jam love song for Jesus. Yes, and I said like, oh, so Barb, I'm here for it. <laughs> can I play this like like a love song, love ballad for Jesus type of thing? And she goes, I've never heard that. I love it. <laughs> Sweet. And so in my mind, I'm like, somebody gets it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also just kind of breaking down that isolation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because a lot of it, the barriers that were going up even mentally or you know, relationally just weren't leading me back to church mm-hmm. until these moments. And I'm like, oh, sh- slowly but surely something's coming. Um, but I didn't see what was coming. So eventually uh, I started being a bit more regular and attending, and they still paid me, but it wasn't about the money anymore. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. did it because I wanted to be there and I wanted to contribute. Cool. Um, and I may have played it a bit too lightly. Like Jesus, if there was a if there was a horse in the race that I was going to bet on, it was going to be him, mm-hmm. right? If you look at the world religions, that's the one that I was going to buy into. But in terms of like the personal lifestyle that I was going to live in that race, uh, mm. that was what was coming. Mm. Matching the two circles. The two circles. <laughs> it's When you brought that up, I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> can't. So it's, it's like there's meaning in all of it. <laughs> You would think you so would think somehow. It's just like it's this curvy story, <laughs> but like it gets you from point A to point B. Yeah. A pattern is a pattern. Um, how many more times should I say it? I um, like it. Keep saying it. So the so I'm getting back into church. McKay, she's into this whole band dude thing. And then I remember we went back. I So I went home for Easter. And uh, at this point, my parents are in a better place. There's some there's some strife in the family, but that's beyond that is beyond the scope of this podcast. Mm-hmm. 
Um, <laughs> in other words. In other words. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, my parents, I think I was texting. I was texting McKay. <sighs> and I'm like, hey, you know, who are you texting? Oh, you know, it's McKay. And, oh, what you talking about? Well, yeah, just talking about school and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's the girl you went to Mexico with, right? And, yeah. And she comes around band rehearsals. You guys talk a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, like, do you like her? <laughs> As any good parent would probe, uh, like, yeah, hey, so let's get some details here. <laughs> and in my fantastic young man brain, <laughs> I said, well, I mean, yeah, I guess we're dating. <laughs> That was news to McKay. Oh. Ooh. Because I texted her after I got done talking with my mom. Hey, so kind of just told my parents that we're dating. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's great. And I... Uh, I mean, it makes my skin crawl just thinking about it. It's hilarious, but it's also like just ultimate Humiliating. Yes. <laughs> so I get a text back. Okay. We'll talk about that when you get back to campus. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. And I, I read that a couple of ways. I'm like, either this is going to go really well <laughs> or really bad. Oh. It went well, obviously. Yeah, because nice. yeah, nice. you do have a wedding band mm. exactly. on your hands. So um, yeah, which actually, so fun story. I mentioned my grandfather. This this is his wedding ring. Oh, cool. Oh, um, that is that's cool. cool to so, have that kind of stuff. bit of heritage, yeah. 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 Um, so, and uh, Cracker divergence over. Um, <laughs> so the overall point of the story is just tell them that you're dating them, and then it'll go okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so then it went well when you got back, and yes, okay. Um, and so that was, geez, at this point, like eight years ago, mm. I think. So was this no. your senior? So she year? was she was going to be going into her senior year. Okay. I was going into my junior year. So that would have been seven years ago, almost okay. then. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So things were kind of on demand, you know. Mm-hmm. I like, got friends. I got a band. Mm-hmm. I got a girlfriend mm-hmm. who thought I wasn't cool, <laughs> but now thinks I'm like super cool. <laughs> you did it. Thanks, dude. <laughs> As I gesture skyward. <laughs> Um, so it's the pattern was slowly breaking and yeah I still had my patterns of thought and those types of just when you're depressed you get into a mode of thinking and it's hard to break out of that Mm -hmm. Um, and you know some people will talk about like how do we cure depression and that's just not the game that I'm playing like how do we treat and manage this thing because once you're depressed, it's it's the the best predictor of becoming depressed is having been depressed before. That's the research will bear that out every time. Mm. Um, so it's learning how to break that thought pattern to s- identify an environmental stressor uh, and work against that in a proactive manner. Mm. I like that. I mean, that's what you do in therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, you can do that on your own but that's part of the reason why therapy is encouraged for those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so nevertheless, my environment was changing. Mm-hmm. 
my internal processing was changing because I had people telling me that I was like kind of good at stuff. Mm. And I like being good at stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, I even remember you know, going back to learning the drums. Like the first time I could play an ACDC song, dad loves ACDC. <laughs> he was like, dude, that was like, excellent work. <laughs> Do that more, please. <laughs> yeah, I love playing. I, I love that straight Just beat. Just straight beat, right? <laughs> <laughs> Every What's time. The song? Okay, one there's one. Hit. Okay, cracker moment. There's a song. <laughs> Katie loves moment. it, and I'm quite positive it's ACDC. Is Thunder in the title? Thunderstruck. Yeah. Is that the song? Yep. Katie loves, and she'll go back to that. To that, actually, because we were talking about one day, because she's like, I could see Jamie playing this part. <laughs> yeah. We play it sometimes. Oh. I mean, I'll just, have to tell her. She'll be happy to hear that. Yeah, just not in church. She loves yep. it. That, yeah, that's not necessarily a church song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, not quite. Not quite. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so at any rate, you know, I'm learning these songs and like the accomplishments were just giving me that juice. Like the the reward that I was trying to find elsewhere, racking up the stuff that I was good at. I'm like, yes, please, let's do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I figured out that I was good at like the whole psychology thing and taking those classes and doing research junior year, senior year at Central in the psych program. They encourage student-led research, student projects. I actually went to Chicago and presented research that I did wow. to the Midwest Psychological Association. Wow. Pretty sweet stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it opened my eyes to this whole new world of like potential. I mean, growing up in Iowa with a dad who does trade-type work, mm-hmm. you know, he, when I was born, was working in construction. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't have a model for what it looked like to pursue a graduate degree, mm-hmm. you know, let alone try to be a professor somewhere. Mm-hmm. But that's now that's in the cards. So mm-hmm. I can kind of see how the the long path has taken me to a point um, of like giving back in all of this. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned, you know, the research is me search. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of this, I started getting deep into like emotions, how we process them, how that influences uh, the way we feel satisfied with life, the way we find meaning in life. Mm. So diving into even like some of the existential philosophy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's no, a lot of stuff. Our last guest was, yeah. Last week, last we talked week. about the same thing. Yeah, she Sweet. was very much into that existential stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you t- I almost want to like... Don't like, want to step on his toes. You know? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You guys should meet, but. Yeah, you guys totally should. <laughs> so it's, um, you know, I got into a lot of that stuff. And so a lot of the high level critical thinking, you know, once I left the bad behavior behind, mm-hmm. I got back into, it was like this childlike wonder just mm. erupted back into the scene. Um, and it almost kind of happened simultaneously with my scientific research side mm. and my faith side. Uh, that was around the time I met Jonathan Hill, who came to First Reformed in Pella, Iowa, and got to know him, great relationship with him. Uh, we did the math. I'm actually his longest friend at this point. Wait, who is he? So he, he's who I was telling you about before the show. Um, ah. Yeah, so Jonathan, oh. former uh, worship director at chapel in wadsworth now at orville christian church oh right 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 so we were doing music and all this and i've known him since my days in pella 
Um, wow. But we both ended up in Ohio. No kidding. That's crazy. I was just going to say, how did, how did you end up here? So these are when the pieces start to come together. <laughs> and all those moments previous in my life, I'm like reflecting. I'm like, I finally see where this story is going, at least at some level. Right. Yeah. I see the pattern, mm. um, which was just like earth-shattering moment to me. Um what happened is, so I was applying to graduate schools and I really got into just adult development. You know, mm-hmm. yes, I'm interested, you know, kids, how they become who they are. But really, like from young adulthood, where a lot of my life kind of, quote, started, mm-hmm. a lot of what I know and what I care about, what I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. How did that happen and how does that shape who I am for the rest of my life? That's what I wanted to know. Uh, so it made sense that I would go into adult development and aging type of research. Mm-hmm. Well, there's not a lot of programs in the United States that do that. That's One of them <laughs> happens to be the joint program between Cleveland State University and the University of Akron. Ah, ah. And that's how you end up in Wadsworth. Now it gets better. <laughs> My mentor through undergrad w- wasn't at... Central College the entirety of his career. Previously, he was at the University of Sioux Falls. Um, My graduate advisor was his student back in the day. So the reason I got plugged into this particular program was because of this particular individual who really shaped me to be the academic that I am, Mm. um, at least at that time, and then from his student forward. So there's that thread, again, the science thread, Mm -hmm. but then there's the faith thread. So I got this established relationship with Jonathan, and I think it was February 2016, and I only remember that because that's when I graduated. And he sat us down, and we knew that he was uncomfortable with the church. There's just a lot of internal Mm -hmm. um, strife and misgivings, and we knew something was coming, a change was coming. No, Mm -hmm. No surprises. But he sits us down, and it's just him and a bunch of dudes in college. So we're just you know chatting. He's like, okay, so I, I got to be serious for a moment. I, I took a job in Ohio. And I let him give his whole spiel and answer all the questions. <laughs> and then everybody kind of left. I'm like, so Jonathan, um, where? In, in Ohio, you said like in the Akron area, right? Like, yeah, Wadsworth, it's, it's not too far outside of Akron. I'm like, okay, because that's weird. <laughs> uh, I just applied to graduate school there. Um, How crazy. He and my graduate advisor were the only two people I knew when I moved here. Wow. wow that's nuts. Talk about a leap of faith. Yeah. yeah. Right? So I get plugged in, doing worship with him. Um, and so when did you and McKay get married? Because you were oh, married back in. Yes. Dude, I can't believe you missed that. Oh, oh my goodness. It just seems like it's always been time. ever since she's been in my life. It's you just were married. Seems, you know, yeah. yeah. There you go. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice way to say sorry. I love you if you're listening. <laughs> um, so we got married uh, my first semester of graduate school. So okay. I proposed um, so fall of my senior year Mm -hmm. so that would have been october yeah october 25th um (laughs) (laughs) so i remember it because i (laughs) i asked her dad to lunch like in the middle of the week 
He's like, he's not dumb. He knew, <laughs> he knew what was happening. <laughs> and uh, I meet him and we meet and we just kind of talk through things. I'm like, you know, you make her happy and I'm not, I can't speak to that relationship. Like you make her happy. That's obvious. And if you continue to put that work in, that's the general gist of it. Mm-hmm. So we just talked about like general career life trajectory stuff because a kid who's still in college and planning on going to school more, maybe just doesn't have the same, you know, financial lust right? yeah. uh, as like a dude who's got a job lined up. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's beyond the point. We get along great. Um, <laughs> More often than not, it's like weird. Some of the similarities between her dad, my dad, and me. Mm. Um, physically, behaviorally. There's oh, a, that's funny. It's a lot of fun. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so you get hitched. So I, I get I get hitched. I got permission. I go hunt her down same day because I couldn't wait. Mm, um, nice. Surprise <laughs> her in the parking lot. You know, year later, we get married, October mm-hmm. 15th. Uh, and then she moves to Ohio. With you, with me, <laughs> not knowing anybody, so that was that was a tough time. Mm. Um, so a lot of that nervousness of being isolated and mm. that just was very easy to creep in. Like mm-hmm. we were just on our own. Like mm-hmm. our safety net of family wasn't there, mm-hmm. but that's also kind of worked in our favor a little bit. Mm. Um, so I remember we were working through. Uh, a uh, couple study that we were doing with a group of friends at the chapel and they came came this term leave and or cleave and leave or yeah. Some, uh, yeah. maybe I'm turning that maybe you heard leave and cleave yeah that's yeah. right yeah, you get married you kind of cut back those relationships and you build a relationship with your, with your family yeah. and your spouse and children or oh, your furry family members and that developmentally very much so you know so and the umbilical cord stayed for a little while <laughs> god bless tim go <laughs> ahead but it just it by function of ge- geography right can you do literally it. cut that cord yeah and that was really hard uh and being kind of a bad son, like I, I wasn't honest with my parents. You know, I didn't call my mom every weekend in college, and I was kind of a stinky son. <laughs> and I carry that like still now because mm. I want to do well. Like I, I want to, I want to be like, good job, kid. Mm-hmm. You know. So for me, that was hard to figure out. How do I be a good son? How do I be a good husband? Far away. New relationship. Oh, yeah, I'm like in grad school too. Mm-hmm. So just a lot of competing demands. And I was just ultra anxious and nervous. And then we got plugged in at a church. And then I'm like, I'll just do the you know, similar to the first reform story. I'll just do the music. I'm not getting paid, whatever. I just get to play the drums. You know, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Cool guy, play drums for Jesus. <laughs> but then it. It just kind of kept growing. So I could see the growth of the science. I could see the growth of the faith. And then they started to integrate to this, like, I guess, person who I am, person who I've always been, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the moment where it started to come together and I started to realize, like, the pattern of my life to that point, uh, I remember, so Zach Durr, the pastor at the chapel, he was talking about, like, being sent um, and the idea, like the Great Commission, like go. That's the first thing you got to do is just 
get up and go mm-hmm. and then tell people mm-hmm. so i was just sitting i was stuck on this idea of going and obviously i mean i just i just went I from iowa to ohio went, yeah and i went somewhere what am i gonna do about that and so I started to put the piece together like I'm getting trained to do this research to understand people's emotions and their well-being, how that influences the people uh, that they are and who they become throughout their life and a, a lot of stuff within that. But how do I how do I make a tangible impact into the lives of those who I care about? And a lot of that I can point that back to the relationships I had with my parents with McKay, mm-hmm. with my friends, with people I was just meeting at church, uh, for people who I haven't met. I was starting to figure out like, oh, like the, the knowing and the behavior start to overlap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got plugged in with a young family group, young married couples, but it kind of mm-hmm. evolves into a young family yeah, group yeah, at yeah, a certain true. point. That's what happens when you, uh, yeah. I, s- I suppose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you bear fruit. Mm. There you go. <laughs> yep. Actual Fair fruit. Actual yep. literal. Should name the next one a fruit. Yeah, you should. <laughs> you really should. Yeah. At least the middle name. I mean, Apple. just saying. Apples. That would be a cool. That is. I'm just trying name. to, I'm trying to think of like, what's the coolest fruit? A- Apple Palm Hamilton. Green. Starfish. Sounds pretty I mean, good. starfruit. Starfish. Star- Starburst. <laughs> Just go with fruit-flavored candy. Another cracker moment. Many. Moment brought to you by... Uh, yeah, for real. Uh, Bet you might. Okay. Brought to you by... <laughs> so, yeah. I'll probably I'll, cut some of these. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. Oh. Go ahead. Oh, darn. <laughs> uh, so a lot of it came down to just like a personal investment at that point. Uh, in being baptized in the Catholic faith, you're an infant. And I got confirmed and the confirmation was my choice. That was my buy-in. Mm-hmm. But I just wasn't living that way. And so that's where it started to s- finally get some momentum. Um, and a lot of what I found myself, particularly given in the academic community, you, you run into a lot of people that you don't necessarily see um, you know, wandering down the halls of a church. And in particular, uh, working at an urban university, mm-hmm. completely de- different demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to experience a lot of new diversity that I was super pumped about. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I try to have that same experience at a church, it's like I'm mixing white bread with like a marble rye bread. And it's just... Mm-hmm. Two different flavors. Mm-hmm. Like, what is going on here? And so recently I've just become you know, very driven with the idea of unity in diversity mm-hmm. and including people. And I think a lot of that comes from the experiences that I had. I was isolated and alone. Had I had people reaching out and be like, mm-hmm. let me know your hurts. That would completely change the game. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think that's... So, that's the way it is for a lot of people we're sh- we're ashamed mm-hmm. of oh. the stuff that happens to us and we're not proud of it cool mm-hmm. yep and, and we don't want to talk about it you know i if i never had to tell the story about how i tried to kill myself or mm-hmm. how i self-harmed for a, a while like mm-hmm. I, I would 
love for that to not be part of my story, but it is. So what do I do about that? Yeah, why waste it exactly. when you can help other people? Right. Exactly. You know, um, and that's not to say like go seek out experiences where you're uncomfortable and in pain. Right. <laughs> right. They will come. Yeah, they sure <laughs> will. They will come. I don't know anybody that's been on the show that hasn't had them. Right. Not a single one. Not a single one. We all have a story. Yeah. So there's there's no reason um, to think that there's going to be you know this this perfect life. Mm. But you got to make do with what you got. Um, right. Uh, I, so a cracker moment with purpose. <laughs> um, so I recently started reading The Lord of the Rings. Hmm. And I love the movies ever since I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a moment in the fellowship. I I'll, I know I'm going to get there, but I know it's coming. You know, Frodo is lamenting about the ring and their journey and... The fellowships in Moria, and Frodo says, "You know, why does this stuff have to happen?" And Gandalf says, "Well, you know, it has to happen. I, I wish it would not have happened in this time, in this mm-hmm. age, to us, and so on and so forth. But all that's left to do is just make do with the time that's been given to us." Mm-hmm. Essentially, saying, "You have this burden. You have." this ring if you want to say cross this sin you have this to bear Mm -hmm. and you can do that like you are empowered to do that if you lean on the right sources Mm -hmm. and in my life the pattern was leaning on the wrong things um so actually at our wedding again diverging chronologically but for Mm -hmm. the sake of the narrative it makes sense (laughs) Uh, we had a reading from first peter uh and from uh chapter three proverbs yes where essentially the whole thrust of it and this is not like traditional marriage like you know, love is patient love is kind <laughs> lean not on your own understanding mm. you know be in relationship with others like l- love each other mm. and you know the I, the passage that i still find myself going back to more and more often um just when i kind of need to let stuff go and break the pattern mm-hmm. uh, is the idea, and this is Old Testament quoted in First Peter that you know, the fields, the flowers, the grass, it will all wither and die. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the word of the Lord remains forever, mm-hmm. and f- that to me is like, oh, so I can go through stuff, mm-hmm. and I could still be okay. Um, that's what Melissa needed to hear today. Mm. Thank you. That was this was all for me. Now you can go home. Go ahead. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Therapy. Sweet. We told you. My time is up. <laughs> told that's you. why you came. You'll get the invoice <laughs> from my assistant. Uh, Theodore will scribble on some paper. <laughs> so I th- and I think that's kind of the you know, a pattern is a pattern, but it doesn't have to be the pattern. Uh, right. Yes. Some more stuff. I just rack it up. Just keep. <laughs> <laughs> Frantically that's, scribbling that's, notes. Uh, can I give you a scripture that matches that? That's, yeah. that's yes. where we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old pattern is the old man. The new pattern is the new creation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As Christians, we should be holding on to that, saying, mm. oh, so I, I get a chance to get rebuilt. Oh, yeah. 
<gasps> rebuilt. That's what. I, that's the process I'm in. Because don't you find that when you get to, and that's where I'm at, where you get to these stages where your life gets super stressful, then that's when the old patterns, which I know you've said a gazillion yeah, times, you said it. and <laughs> yeah, and and <laughs> now I'm having the aha moment. But that's where I'm at. It's a super stressful time, and these old patterns. And so instead of being afraid of them, like holy crap, I'm feeling that way again. Instead, you're saying, like, the Lord's word says, like, you can just keep going forward. You're going to be okay. The pattern is mm -hmm. changing. Mm -hmm. You're becoming rebuilt. Mm -hmm. Recreated, if you will. Mm -hmm. re, re, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Almost like we should name the podcast that. We should. That. <laughs> <laughs> we better keep it that. I already tattooed it on my stomach. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. Gosh. Mm -hmm. You spell checked it first, right? <laughs> it's backwards. Oh, sweet. Because so it mirror. looks right when you're looking. <laughs> when you're out. looking in the mirror. Sweet. When he's yeah. in the rearview mirror, it looks right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. With his shirt off. <laughs> yeah. It's really Check me out. Yeah. <laughs> Check me out. Yeah. So I think yeah the when we're stressed out, when we're just beaten down, when we don't know what to do, we rely like that default mode. What am I used to? Mm. Um, and that's easy. Mm -hmm. But is it, is, it, <laughs> is it supposed to be easy? <laughs> like, I must have missed that part. Right. Yeah, right. Jesus sat down with the disciples. It's going to be just fine. Dude, this yeah, is going to be yeah. so gonna, easy. Yeah. It's going to be rad, dude. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> Hang 10 the whole way yeah, there. Yeah, right? No, of course not. <laughs> like, if you're not a Christian, yeah. you're a loser. <laughs> dude, be cool. Be cool. You know, so, but like that's that's just the reality. So what do we do when times get tough? Mm -hmm. um, and we've, we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. I love winter. Yeah. Oh my yes. gosh! Get out of my house. I, I love it. He, he sent me a whole <laughs> list of reasons why. Because I, I, most, why do most people like winter? Why do you not like winter? No Because my bones hurt because it's so cold. Because cold, it's dreary. It's just. It's that sometimes it hurts. painful. It hurts. Right. <laughs> what am I driving? It seems like it's kind of. It's the like it's it's the rebuilding like. You all the leaves are uh, gone. The snow is on the. It's have cold. You, have oh, you have you heard so Stephen many people Curtis need to Chapman's hear this. album that came out of the death of his daughter? Uh, I can't. I don't know. You should listen to that album. There's this song he talks about. What does he call it? It's um, it describes exactly that thing. It's called Spring Is Coming. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And it's about the process of going into fall, and then everything's dead. Hmm. And then the spring is coming, and he's talking about, of course, his, his daughter dying, and mm -hmm. then how do you, as a parent, come out of that? Well, there's there must be something coming. There's a new season arriving yeah, with yeah, new life, and yeah, interesting. So you're looking ahead. So winter is rebuilding. I've spent so much of my time looking back and be like, oh, I just want it to be summer again. Mm. Whether that was when I got my heart broken in high school, I just want it to be summer again. Mm -hmm. We were happy in the summer. Mm. The winter is where I was made. Why uh, would I not love that? <gasps> right? Oh my gosh. That's so good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I needed this. This has been months. I need it. I'm we're not in, cry, we're but in I need it. This. It's yes. February. We're in it, yes. right? Ohio yes. in February. And it's my birth month. Yes. So this was God's present to me. Because yesterday I was like, God, it's my birth month. And like, 
Wait, when's your birthday? February 19th. Good you knew this. Know. Okay. You did. Well, your wife does. Yeah, anyway. I, I knew that. But, yeah, but February came. What are we on? February 2nd or 3rd? 2nd. Number two. Okay. But I was Groundhog's like, Day. it still feels oh, like that? January. Yeah. Feels like we're living it all over again. Yeah. I'm putting your um, birthday on right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast. <laughs> Man, you got the cracker moments. I'm going to listen podcast. to this podcast over and over and over again. <laughs> hey, you share a birthday with Marilyn Semprini. Who? Okay, Ooh, am I allowed to say that I don't... From church. <gasps> oh. You don't know who that is? <laughs> <laughs> so, back to the whole pain thing or the, like... January thing. I think we all get in moments of funk and and stuff. And, and I've learned over time because I, I was an alcoholic and that was my treatment and drugs. And I've learned over time it's going to happen. But I know I'm coming out of it, you know? And I think that's kind of like the winner and the coming out um, and just accepting. Of course, you can talk to the Lord and stuff, but that doesn't always mean immediately it's going to go uh-huh. away. So I think um, I'm a bit of a comfort seeker. This yeah. is you guys know this about. I, I mean, me. we all. It makes sense. Like you want to feel good. Yeah. This is again part of why I'm interested in this stuff right. scientifically. Yeah. Why do we seek out stuff that makes us feel good? Yeah. When sometimes the best way to feel in a situation is bad. That is <gasps> that's awesome. See? People see somebody see so needs to, st- to do that. That needs to be. When we're done, <laughs> you guys are pat me on the back for bringing them on. Just, yeah. <laughs> just saying. Well, but you're right. So many people. You said it's a really small field, right? I mean, not a lot of people like to talk about emotions. Um, but that needs but to be then, talked about yeah. rather than just medicating. You know, so you know? my dissertation is all about mixed emotions. Mm. You know, times when we do feel bad, but there's also some element of positive that we can glean from that. Who literally just said that the other day? Or did you say it earlier? It's okay <laughs> to feel bad and good at the same yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. You said that? Yeah, yeah it's like I wow, do my this days are running a into... <laughs> <laughs> it's Groundhog's Day. It is, dude. <gasps> it is. So yeah, it's this idea. Like you wouldn't go to a funeral and not acknowledge the weight of that moment. Mm. Like that... Like, yes, you can... You know, if you they're in heaven, yeah. like, mm-hmm. the, yeah, that's great. You can celebrate it. Glean some pro- positive emotions from that. Yeah. But the person's gone. Yeah. Like physically, you cannot interact with them in this life. Yeah. It's okay to mourn that. Yeah. Uh, and I think if if I could generalize, be a little bit liberal in my generalization here, mm-hmm. to just our Western culture in general, we seek out feeling good and feeling really good. Yeah. yeah like it's, it's not just the calm, the peace, the right. contentment. You know, it's not like... We're we're just happy snuggling on the couch, right? Yeah, like no, there's an ex- expectation of more. There's yes. always more. There's like, not the satisfaction gotta, with the now. Yeah, yeah. Europeans you have to have do it way better euphoria than we do. at all times yeah. in America. Euphoria, if you don't is a good have, word. Mm-hmm. if you don't have euphoria, you're not living. And if you're I not think excited kinda, about something. Yeah, it, yeah, that's that I, a good point. I, yeah, it can be from anything. It can be from tangible things to yeah. getting mm-hmm. the next best thing and mm-hmm. right um, that materialism the next high yeah the next best girl yep whatever yeah, yeah. so interesting and, yeah so i think we see this tie into a whole lot of different areas the whole culture man and mm-hmm. i the way that my life has played out is it just you know it took a long it took a lot of negativity to make me figure out that maybe this isn't this is driving somewhere yeah. Mm. You know, would I have liked for it to be different? 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Would my parents have? Oh, mm. my, of course. Yeah. yeah. Nobody wants to see their kids suffer. Mm, no. You know, right. sometimes, I mean, my mom has told me a number of times, the hardest thing to do as a parent is to let your children go through something that you know is going to bring them pain. Mm. Right. Tough love-ish. It, you know, it's <laughs> like they weren't going to say don't date that girl. Mm-hmm. But they knew it's not. Yeah gonna end the way yeah you gotta learn right and and again that's just part of getting older yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's growing up well i find something fascinating about your story that the hinge pin seems to be the fact that you found community Mm. and the loss of having community created part of the damage that led you into the darkness and then accessing a new community is what helps lead you out of it. Which makes me wonder if our emotional instability as a culture perhaps is because we're not necessarily wise about, when we're younger anyway, about how to build relationships and and stable communities and maybe there's oh, a so like a, a heavenly story in that the, like a like a parable your your story is a parable to the to people in the country almost you know that's like a major compliment wasn't expected well, my well, story <laughs> is a pair but i well, see what you're saying sense, yeah. in a sense yeah. i mean Look at how divided we are. Mm-hmm. And you can't help but believe that most people right now are struggling with some very low-rated depression. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what's it, what's it come? Because we don't have access to our normal cultural community outlets, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is just like, wow, even the verse we read at the beginning, I'm doing what I do because I have fellowship. Mm-hmm. With my father. We're I'm doing it again, aren't I? I'm tying yeah. it all together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. Tying it all. I love it. The nice <laughs> little bow little, at the yeah. end. Nice little bow. Yep. Sorry. Changing so. your name to bow. <laughs> bow. That's, That's my dog name. Uh, so I think uh, there's a lot to be said about the importance of that because if you look, and again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to generalize. And usually I can substantiate my claims with some research. I don't like to go out. On a limb, <laughs> at least not anymore. Um, <laughs> I've learned my lesson. Mm-hmm. And, and when you're a teenager, you think you know everything. Sure. True. Uh, <laughs> but enough people telling you don't, and you figure it out. And then <laughs> you learn you don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As Socrates said, you know, the, the wisest people know what they do not know. Hmm. Paraphrase, paraphrasing. Socrates was so smart. Socrates. So, 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 Socrates? <laughs> Socrates. Bill and Ted. Pilates. That was my favorite. Whenever people would say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm doing Pilates. You mean Pilates? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's cracker moment. Um, <laughs> eat my cracker. Um, what was it brought to you by? Vegemite. That's yeah, right. Vegemite. Uh, oh, man. So... Back to the topic at hand. So to generalize a little bit, when we look at the relationships that we do have, and and right now a lot of it's virtual. We don't get that face-to-face community. But even before it was virtual, um, a lot of it was virtual. Right. Uh, Like, have you seen the Facebook comments lately? 
Dude, we talk about Facebook all the time. <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's it's, brutal. It's stuff. evil. Mm-hmm. It is. It is so concerning because I was I, I like I I'm not the oldest person in the room, but mm-hmm. I lived that turn like. Mm-hmm from the instant messaging when that first was new mm-hmm. to Facebook in MySpace and all of it. I've, mm-hmm. s- I've seen it come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And more and more, I'm just feeling myself compelled to step back from it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, because it's become this thing. It's become this performance and mm-hmm. a deep downfall of mine because I am big. Like part of the reason why people didn't figure out what was going on with me is because I'm like just good at putting on the show. Yeah, mm. you know, I'm a cool dude. Like, what's <laughs> Play up? The drums. <laughs> Play the drums for Jesus. <laughs> so, like that showmanship is embedded oh, in the culture of social media. Oh yeah. And to have a true community doesn't mean that people get to see the best side of you mm-hmm. all the time. In fact, it means quite the opposite. The opposite. Right. It exactly. means that they see the worst of you most of the time. They, they right. That's what marriage is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you, they see the honest you. Yeah. I told Heather we should have an account and just post all our fights and just <laughs> all the real, you know, just be us and let people see it. <laughs> I think that totally off topic, but not really, you know, we've been working on building this uh, wellness center. I don't even know what you want to call it at this point, but... Since July, my husband has been working nonstop and we've been there together and we've been working through it. And it's just like, so there is days I come to work and the girls just know where Tim and I are because Tim and I are working together. I mean, it's all there and I'm yeah, not exactly a private together. person. So, so they, they wait, knew. you're not. No, is that, sh- <laughs> oh. I know it's shocking, but I'm not, I'm not really a private person. News to but me. But they also got to see the triumph. So, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's been good, but yeah, that's how you, that's what it is to be in community. You just, you're real. Yes. N- nobody climbs Mount Everest on their own. Right. Nobody. Right. Right. So I think the... Well, and you don't climb it, you don't climb it, it with a scarf fluttering in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's, there's, yeah, some, there's some there's real... There's few Instagram moments. Yeah, right. very few. You know, I mean, and I think too that what social media bodily fluids and right. gasping and possibly and complaining missed digits <laughs> bodily yeah. fluids. That's the first right. one. I love it. No, it's the truth. It's, it's true, bro. Mm-hmm. It's you know, true. that's. I think. I think sometimes the the hiding, you know, mm-hmm. that that thing that we put out in front to mm-hmm. hide the shame. Because I don't really want to be honest. I mean, and it could be so many different things. Right. Oh, absolutely. Right? It's For like, me, it's always been music and performance and yeah. just like being good at stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very, again, achievement oriented. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have made it this far in a PhD program if I wasn't. Right. Mm-hmm. But I can easily try to assign my worth to that mm-hmm. and yes. not the relationships that Correct. got me there. Right. You know, so Correct. the wall would just be the next the next achievement, the mm-hmm. next award, the next mm-hmm. paper that gets published. You could do that yeah. your whole life. Right. But that wouldn't be authentic. Authentic. Yeah, me. it wouldn't. Yeah. Right. It wouldn't. And I think that's where the healing really is, is when you finally find, uh, and I, if honestly, from my point of view, from a biblical point of view, I think the first place you find it authentically is with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If he gives you the grace to have a relationship with somebody in this life that, 
allows you to practice that before you meet him, well, my, you are blessed. Mm-hmm. It took me a while before I met somebody that I could just be completely honest with and there was no problems. Like, mm. Whoa, this is crazy. Mm. To right. be able to do that, there's some major... I wish there was more... There were, it was more... What would, I don't know synonymous. Synonymous isn't the right word, but just more common. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, when you go to churches, the church was a place where honesty, right? You know, without invading people's privacy, but honesty was just a cultivated character trait. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Yeah, yeah. It would be. That would be. <laughs> yeah, mm. I and I think we get messed up too because in our culture with the social media, some people there are the people that use it too draw attention to all of their dirty laundry so there is that but how does that get viewed uh, by others on social media sometimes people are like oh they're just looking for attention right but that might just honestly be the way that they feel right mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so, so it's, it's like, just a, it's a mess it just seems like a disaster from start to finish right mm-hmm. <laughs> and it yeah. is mm-hmm. it usually is yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean yeah, and really, a lot of that, a lot of times, people that are crying out and see social media that way, they don't have access. They don't have, they don't have exactly what you're talking about. They don't have a community. Yeah. So they go on there and they type something, and then they're putting it in front of a hundred people, and maybe one or two of them are hearing, and the rest are, you know, don't care or they just denigrate it. Mm-hmm. And I got to, you know, double the problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Just, just need deeper relationship. I know. Relationship is good. You're gonna cut that out. The that was that the was side. a fun ending. Mm. <laughs> are we are we done? Are you done? I mean, I can keep. I have plenty to say. <laughs> you know, that's, so that's not the question. But I think and just to vamp, kind of close out the vamp. I get it. <laughs> I don't. Is that like a word. drummer word? It's a music. It's, it's a, a music term. Uh, just to cycle on the same progression. Yeah. Ah. Yep. Still don't get it, but cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's cool, right? It's vamp. Yeah. Cool dude. Play the drums for Jesus. I vamp all the time. Vamp, man. My whole life's one big vamp. Yeah. It's not to be confused with vape, correct? Correct. 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 Two different, two s- very close, but not. But not. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, like, the idea that we can have meaningful relationships through an online medium, I just think is misguided. Mm. Um, because in the whole throes of human history, no, that was not an option. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, maybe we'll figure it out one day, but that doesn't seem to be coming anytime soon. Right. And if anything, it seems to make the problem's a bit worse. Definitely. So I, I'd i hope there's you know, some upturn, but I can see you can make the case that it's good to be connected to all these people and to have this information readily accessible to you. But how much does that feed into the immediate gratification that yeah. we're seeking? Right. Or how much does that feed into the negative loops we play right. to ourselves? Like if you're on Instagram and you see all these people who are living those euphoric moments because yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's what man. they're posting that's so and dangerous. you're not. It's like fight, fight, right. fight, smile, fight, 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 fight. Right. And That's if you're a lot of it, <laughs> I think what you just said is powerful. Just I, I've had to shut down all that stuff because yeah. 
it doesn't take but two seconds to look at somebody's photo because they were over here. And now my brain, oh, I, I got to go do that. Mm. Do I? Yeah. Is that what what he's what God's asking me to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if I hadn't looked at that, I wouldn't even have that thought. I wouldn't be exactly. two weeks down the road mm-hmm. planning a trip to someplace yeah. I shouldn't even be thinking about. Right. Mm-hmm. You're smart, man. And I, I find myself thinking uh, as I'm viewing people's pictures or posts or whatever, I'll try to rationalize it. Like I'm just trying to stay updated and know where they're at in their lives. And then I've come to this realization. If I really knew where they, I would, I would talk to them. I wouldn't talk to their social media profile. Right. Right. Right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave a comment on their most recent post. Like, Oh, love you. Or a thumbs up or thumbs up, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll do that with acquaintances because, that's a good way for me to know, hey, they got engaged. They got, sure. they did this thing or, hey, they're looking for, but. That's not the way life should be. No. That's just a piece of it. Isn't it another, okay, you know how I have to verbally process, so I don't know what this thought is yet, but the way that we're constantly consuming information, we have, you know, a spot on our leg and we're Googling something to make sure it's not cancer. Not saying that I did this the other day. Um, and we're <laughs> asking for a friend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not only information and instant, you know, I'm not sure what this means looking it up, but also knowing about people's lives. Isn't this some sort of way that we're trying to eat from the, tr- the, the tree, the knowledge of good and evil? Like, isn't part of our brains just seeming like they're on meltdown. The fact that we're trying to be like God and be, is it omniscient or omnipotent? I don't know what it is, but like, is that the thing that's destroying us? We're not meant to take in all this information. We're not oh. meant to know what's going on in everybody's life. That's a good way of looking at it. I never, I and never thought that about that. And is that what's happening? Like I, even John Eldridge, and I don't quite get how, but he talked about like a soul tie that sort of happens when we're able to like look into somebody's life and look into things that are going on in their life through social media that we weren't before. And so we're tied to what's going on with them when we shouldn't be because it's none of our business. Wow, that's Isn't really that interesting. Somehow, mm-hmm. everything I just said, kind of, there's something. I don't know, because again, I probably. I don't think you need to say it any other way. You okay. just need to say, this is what it is, because yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. 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 It's, it's pretty simple, actually. I, I've never heard it said that way. Me either. It's a lot of information to be processing that, like you said, we don't even need to know. And we we're have not our own. Meant to. You have your family, right? Yeah. We, we leave, cleave and leave, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that should be your focus. And we build our but community with the people in front of us. Other people uh-huh. right? and your your social network and your... Yeah, that's that's really interesting. You can't know everything. Yeah. Right. right. So why are we trying to know everyone? Right. Mm. So actually this ties into some of the research that I do. So there's a finding. If you look at the social network sizes of younger versus older people... Older people have smaller social networks, mm-hmm. but those emotional bonds are much stronger. Mm. They're more useful mm. because rather than being focused on extending the social network as far as it can, you know, gain as much social capital mm-hmm. as possible, the emphasis is on those close, familiar, usually like gratifying relationships. That's, that's true. That's how my mom is on social media. Yeah. It's actually staying in relationship, having conversation that you might not have been able to have otherwise. Mm-hmm. And at its best, it could be that. Yeah. At its best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could be yeah. that. Yeah. Right. It's not that yeah. for 
a majority of people. Right, right. I'm included in that. Yeah. Right. And I just think, you know, that's an interesting thing. If I, if I'm, as I'm just pondering what you're saying, I think I'd rather have the Lord sit at this table with me than me just reading a Instagram post that he put up and <laughs> and then believe that, oh, I have something with him because I saw it. Yeah. Mm. So if that's what I want, then that's what I have to be. I can't relate social media. I need to pick up the phone and I need to go mm-hmm. and visit. Mm-hmm. I need to knock on the door and say, how are you? Mm-hmm. Because then you're you're doing the thing. You're not. You're doing the community. Mm. You need Unless, to go. And you well, need to go. But it's mm. if I look at you, what you said is at, so right on. No one came. No one knocked on my door. No one sat on the edge of my bed. No one spent the time. I, okay. Mm. So that's what I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do I do that with my friends? Do I have the guts to say, yeah. "All right, okay, you just said you're cool." And you're doing good, but is that real true? Is yeah. that really the truth? Mm-hmm. You know, you can be honest with me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Larry Crabb calls it soul talking. Mm. That's what it's about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Soul talking. Mm, soul. Going to be yeah. under the layers. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. It's yeah. a thing. I believe it. Yeah. Totally agree. Cool. Well, <sighs> Thanks, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. The pattern is a pattern. Pattern is a pattern. Yeah. That's good. But it doesn't have to be the The pattern. pattern. Mm, I like it. I'm getting that tattooed on my stomach. (laughs) 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 Right? All right. Well done, bro. This has been Recreated Podcast, and we really appreciate you being on uh, on the show with us and paying attention and listen. If you want more information, we have a website, www.recreated.life, L-I-F-E at the end. And you can go there, and we have other podcasts available. We would certainly love to hear from you. There's an email contact form thing. <laughs> You can fill out of your... Or email us at friends at recreated.life. Or that, right there. Yeah. So, uh, Recreated is all about uh, your story, our story, everybody's story that uh, meets Jesus and walks and suffers and learns what it's like to uh, receive his mercy for their life. So, if you have a story, we'd love to hear it. Please contact us. And until next time, next week, I think, mm-hmm. uh, have a good week. Yep. And don't forget Jesus. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>